Episode of This Korean Life, number 108, featuring Nino Chikobava Moseri. Hello. Happy 10th anniversary living in Ulsan. That's right. Yeah. Today is 10 years. That's a big, that's a big milestone. How it do you is, feel? It's interesting yeah. <laughs> to see pictures of my kids who were tiny and now they're teenagers. Absolutely. That's yeah. a... Did you ever think you'd be here 10 years? No. They told us it's two years. And yeah. then two years later, that's what they tell everyone. Like, two years. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody told us that. So. No, that, I remember coming here and uh, Jeff, one of our friends, he had been here for 10 years and thinking like, whoa, my God, this guy's been here forever. Right. And then you hit 10 years, like, oh, it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. <laughs> you know? But the interesting thing is um, when my kids get asked, where are you from? And they're like, well, a it's question. a long story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much time you got? Yeah. yeah. It's not that easy. Are they I think... born in New York? No, they were born in California. Ah. Raised three years in New York, and then here we are in Korea. Wow. Right? Wow. Kids of the world. Yeah. Children of <laughs> the world. That's for sure. And that's, I mean... I saw just recently at ISB, you guys had a big international. That's right. What an international day. That's yeah. incredible. We do that every year um, just to get the community involved and mm. experience all the different cultural foods, games. Sure. Um, There's quite a, quite a mix. Quite yeah, a mix over we, there, we too. We have usually somewhere between three to 400 people show up. Holy Including macro. the families. Awesome. So they tell their friends. and uh, wow. before Before coming here... Were you guys fairly uh, stagnant in the States or were you also very travel oriented? So my husband went to a SUNY Maritime uh, University for his engineering degree. And that school provides you the opportunity to spend three summers on the ship anywhere they choose in the world oh. port of call because that's how you get your your cadet experience wow so he's been traveling everywhere mm -hmm. um i'm from georgia so i came from not Europe. the state yeah not the state the country <laughs> <Who is that? laughs> we had to clarify that earlier that's right. <laughs> and so i've done just uh the u.s travels and maybe like the caribbean i never did europe because it was too far yeah and expensive mm -hmm. So, but I have been to many, many states in the U.S. So, what was it like when he got the posting here? What What were some of the things that went through your mind bringing a family and kids over? And um, well, that must be in like in the, ten years ago. I mean, I you yeah, think that would have been North almost when, when it changed because twenty years ago it was like all single dudes. There right. was there was almost no families, and it was almost all single guys under thirty. Um, but about 10 years ago, that's when it started changing. And then Busan Foreign School and the Busan International School it, and, and Skyrex mm -hmm. became a place and it was starting to become a more family thing and less single guys. But what was it like? deciding or making the decision to come with a fa young family and um so actually it was my find korean korea opportunity mm. he was selling at the time and uh, my kid my son was in uh, soccer mm. and in new york all the dads volunteer for the soccer clubs to be coaches or whatever it is and here i was the mom 
that screams out the kid's name every time he touches the ball. And one day he turns. And <laughs> Love he goes, those moms. Yeah, right? Soccer mom. I'm still that mom. Um, and he goes, Mom, how come daddy's not here? And that's when I said, okay, the money's good in sailing, but it's not worth it. So he goes, okay, find me something that I could do either in New York. We, we considered Florida. We considered Colorado, California, since we lived there already. And then I was like, let's go outside. Oh, third country. Let's but see what's but, out but there. You, you hadn't really gone I hadn't, no. I mean, I've the never, Caribbean and stuff is still yeah, pretty yeah, close. Still, and yeah. So, but wow. we have the tra- travel bug in us. We don't like to stay Itchy in feet. one place. Yeah. yeah. So I said, you know, I, I came across this thing, something about surveys. I don't know if you're qualified, <laughs> but it's in Korea. And he goes, send me the information. And I sent him the information. When he came back sailing, he got interviewed in a New York office. And uh. they're like, your wife's okay to go to Korea. And he's like, yeah, yeah, she did all the research. And uh, the guy goes, okay, good. You're like on the next flight out. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) So four weeks later, here we are, 10 years. So that was the same company, just a different position? No, no, no. Completely separate. Completely different company, different. um, So was he just in between jobs or? No, he was. So when you're when you're sailing, you're like three months on, three months off, and then you could like stop anytime you want. That's standard within the yeah within the industry, the sailing industry. So he told them like after you know I leave, I'm not coming back. You know I found another job overseas, whatever. Yeah, it's okay. So the the main impetus was. To have more family time and to That's be around. That's right. More. I was like, I don't want to give excuses. Up. I don't want to say daddy's at work, mm. you know, three months at a time. So I was like, you need to be at home every time. <laughs> you need to be at sports, screaming along with me. Sure. This so, is this is funny because when yeah. I, I coach the kids hockey Saturday and Sundays and it's mostly moms and a few dads and they always... They always think, like, why doesn't mom come? I'm like, well, it's pretty boring standing here at practice, freezing cold. <laughs> like, it's, it's a little bit wow. little bit different. But she, they go, my mom only comes when there's a game. And I said, yeah, that's because it's fun. It's exciting. And the, the kids that's are right. into it. Support, yeah. Um, but they think it's even funnier. This week was open class for the after school classes at, at their elementary school. And parents can just come drop in and check them out. And I, I go to the school as much as I can. I want, don't want it to be, I don't want it to be so weird. And the mysterious Wagogan dad. <laughs> right. So all the kids at school know who I am. I try and go enough. But I went yesterday to a computer, computer science class for Lena or something. And the teacher's jaw almost hit the floor. <laughs> and all the kids are going, Lena, Appa, Lena, Appa. <laughs> and I think it's just so natural to expect moms to show up at one in the afternoon or two and say, hey. I'll take the time and go show up. My, my wife goes all the time, too. She gets off work. Mm-hmm. But not many dads doing that. And, That's and, right. And to be a foreign guy walking around the school, like lots the of the teachers. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I wanted him to be the dad as well as me being the yeah. dad. Because so. the, uh, I mean, when we, when Sean lived here before, he said lots of his work too was out on a boat and that was something that he kind of regretted early in life whether he missed whether he's missing christmas or uh, one story that sticks out to me his son got hurt and the mom had to take him to the hospital by himself and he wasn't there to to support so yeah yeah solid move Uh, yeah so yeah we came here he's home every day 5 30 awesome monday through friday awesome um, what what was it like after two years? I mean, it, they say you can extend two more years. Is it like we love it here, it's great, or 
no thought of trying something um, itchy feet going somewhere else or no? So it, two years was kind of like, okay, we haven't finished seeing Korea because we're <laughs> sightseers. Yeah. We like to be involved in the cultures that we try to uh, see and explore. Mm-hmm. And we said two years is not enough. Let's extend. Yeah. <laughs> so that went to the next project and the next project. And, you know, the ship shipping industry is kind of weird. They tell you, okay, the ship's going to be built in two years. But, you know, that's never going to happen. Yeah. It's yeah. Gonna go over. <laughs> so we're like, okay, two years, maybe it'll be three years, and then let's come back and we'll, you know, reevaluate. And then it came again and again. And by that time, kids are growing and they're getting comfortable in the school. Making friends. So we yeah. said, you know what? Let's just stay here as long as we can. It's a safe country. I can't do the same things that we do in New York, especially. Hmm. Um, and so we just we're here and now we have our cross fingers that we're going to graduate at least one of our kids here. Yeah. So and we'll the, see. the school that you guys are in is incredible. It's, it's amazing. ISB is so good. Yeah. So, so I'm good. lucky that yeah. my kids got used to the commute early on. Hmm. My daughter was... Uh, Second grade, and my son was fourth grade. I was going to say they never went to the Hyundai. They did. They did their nursery and kindergarten oh, okay. there in the first first two grades. Oh, they got to go. You guys live in Dongu. Yeah, we live yeah. in Dongu. Oh, so they commute. Yeah, to, they to commute, and luckily ISB has a bus that picks up kids from Dongu. They got used mm. to it early. It's a, it's a long ride. It's a long ride for a second grader. Yeah. You're talking like eight years old, and yeah. you're too young to kind of be productive on the way. Exactly. To, to get something done or your homework, or, yeah, yeah, just read yeah, a book. Yeah, and the kids are trying to sleep, so you yeah. don't want to talk that much either. Yeah. So get them up, ship them on. <laughs> yeah, but you know sleeping. they got into the routine. I'm all about the routine. Yeah. Um, and they've become so comfortable so quickly and I feel bad moving them, especially high school, Yeah, you know, teenage years. It's hard to adjust as it is. Right. Um, so now we're hoping we could graduate my son. Right. Nicholas is what? Grade nine? 10? He's 10th grade. So we're looking at, uh, two years, 2026 would be his graduation yeah. and wow. my daughter would be 2028. Wow. That's about what? An hour commute? Yes. So before the bus used to go downtown picking everybody up, yeah. but now we have so many kids from Dungu really? that we were the last stop because we live right by the bridge, and mm. they get on the bridge and straight to school. Wow, so it's Hyundai, amazing. Hyundai's in tough then. Door to door, one hour. Yeah. That's not. That's not. That's not that bad actually. Like, no, I mean, it's not that bad. If you think of like your kids' competitive taekwondo soccer whatever in canada the states i mean you'd be driving 30 exactly. 40 50 minutes all over mm. the city so. now everything's there after school is there the bus is waiting for them and they take a night them. a night bus home or uh so it depends if they're doing competitive sports for example my daughter does soccer she's the captain this year my son does volleyball those are where it's after the after school bus times mm. so they have to take the train back which again, luckily, now we have a train right that comes there. right there yeah. that take the bus. They're home almost the same time as if the bus was picking them up, just yeah. a little bit later. They're I old was, enough. So. The train goes to the Tewa station, right? Tewa station, and then they get off at the um, the Osiria station, which is directly behind the school. Oh, that's awesome. I uh, I was there buying tickets to go to Seoul, like KTX tickets, to because you don't have to go to Onyang, just go there and buy yeah. them, make sure I got them. And I ran into a couple of the old hockey guys who used to be their dads worked at Hyundai and they were going to Hyundai foreign school and then transferred to there. And, uh, I ran to them and I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, are you, are you a commuter? Like, are you coming from Busan? He's like, yeah, I just stayed late and studied. So I usually take the train home. Yeah. And I was like, wow. 
Like, it wouldn't be that, I mean, you go to Tokyo, you go to Seoul, these kids yeah, are on the subways, absolutely. independent. I and, did it when I was I growing it, up. I thought it was great. And I was just surprised to see him and his two buddies coming off the train, going back to Dongan. I was like, wow, this is cool. It's nice. The, it has changed in the last 10 years, I have to say. Oh, my God. Like, man. that option was not even on the sure. table. Sure. So. Yeah, so, again, it. we're comfortable here. So, where would I go? <laughs> That's awesome. But, but also, I mean, Steve's job allows him to... Travel That's quite right. a bit, and, and, and I don't know how much vacation does he get. He gets twenty-seven days a year, and then if oh, he doesn't shit. use your, your all profile, of looks like you have two hundred and seventy days. Yeah, a year. so it's working the twenty-seven working days. <laughs> oh, that's good. So that's if important. you plan it right and you get those uh, holidays and Mondays yeah. and whatever, whatever you could get a lot of vacation yeah, time. That's awesome. You got a plan. And 27 doesn't sound that much, but yeah, like you said, when you do it like that, oh, it no, is. It's, it's huge. It's a lot. Yeah. 27 working and days. Compared and... to the average Hyundai guy with four days. Right? <laughs> and he Jeez. gets six, six days. In 10 years, he's never taken one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you bank those and like no, change them in at the end of the year? No. <laughs> do they get paid out? I don't know how that works. Yeah. Like I said, he's never taken it. My so dad retired know. a year and a half early, I think, just on sick days. Sick days? Wow. The same thing. He didn't take one for 40 years or something. <laughs> he retire a couple of years early. But Why not? they're pretty stingy on that stuff now. And I think in Korea, the civil servants, if you don't take them, they pay you out. But it's only oh. a fraction of... Yeah, I'm not sure. It's like worth it's worth taking them on the whatever beautiful Friday in the fall, just calling in sick and taking yeah, a day. Yeah, take a small road trip. Why but they're, they're frowned upon here. You, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. Well, oh, that's a, yeah. Good thing we're foreigners. <laughs> we can get away with a lot of stuff. Absolutely. But uh, that, yeah, with those 27 days, you guys are into a lot of traveling, as, as we can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you if you ask me uh, 10 years ago, have you, you know, have you, do you have time to see all of Korea? Yes. I think I've seen almost every part of Korea, mm. if not once, twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we have our places that we like and every time i talk to another korean they're like oh have you tried hiking this area and i'm like no what next is weekend. that can you send me the thing yeah <laughs> sure, actually yeah. we're going next week <laughs> so, nice, nice yeah what uh what is a hidden treasure in korea that you and your family enjoy um so we really enjoy outdoors yeah. i tell this to everyone it's not a joke we are allergic to our house as much <laughs> as we love the house we're not the type to sit down in the house and watch a movie. It's just not going to happen. Oh, Unless yeah. it's like something monumental and you have to just do it together. So we're always out and about. If it's raining, we try to figure out somewhere where we could be like inside a building or, you know, like yeah. something like that. Like mini adventures. Mini adventures. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a big believer of long weekends. In Korea, I mean, you could get from south to north in six hours. Yeah. You could do a long weekend trip. You just got to sure, be willing sure, sure. to do the research, go to your destination. And so, yeah, we've been traveling and um, just, I don't know. I think my favorite is, I really like the Bosang uh, green tea plantation. Sure, sure. The, 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 the little tiered. terrace looking things. Yeah. Those are really nice. We've done the four tallest mountains hiking wise. Cool. Um, and... Hiking is nice and all, but I think when you're more into the cultural stuff, I prefer those. Like we went to Endong two years ago. We watched the whole mask dance and we did a kimchi festival. We did up north. We did the uh, the trout fishing Fishing festival. festival. That was interesting. Cool. So like those when you're hiking, then you just got to get into the makali and the and the pajang guys there. They make it pretty traditional. 
Can you get up and down with three bottles of Makali in you? We actually can, but can we just get, can we get down? Yeah. Period. <laughs> so. Are you guys full on? Uh, have you? Have you adapted the Korean hiking style with with poles and, and oh, bright purple, no. bright purple jackets? We're and very bear hard whistles? to conform. <laughs> <laughs> I have my yoga pants, my not hiking boots, like comfortable shoes, yeah, a light jacket. Yeah. We're not climbing Everest. Yeah, are we? <laughs> no, no. We we try to go as light as possible, but a lot of water. That's so. it. When you climb any, we climb. There's a mountain over here. We've climbed a hundred times, and it's. We just walk up with shorts and yeah. you look like oh, so you got shorts a, and yeah, and everyone's You got an eighty at, liter yeah, backpack. Yeah. What are you doing, man? You yeah. stay in your own. My favorite's the bear bells. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love the uh, sign. Watching over you. Beware wild boars, and I say to myself, once can I just once see it? Just once. Did time. you see it on the news no, yesterday? No, where? It was on the news. Running through an apartment, got hit by a taxi, wow. and <laughs> because so it wasn't because it was an accident. It's on Rusan Mail, I think. It was an accident. They did that, like the outline oh, my of the Lord. dead pig body. That's great. But they had. They 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 uh, drew a cho- uh, chalk yeah, outline of the line. dead pig. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got a <laughs> They sent uh, two fire trucks, six wildlife guys, because there's a, a pig running around for a barbecue in Namgu here somewhere. Yeah. Wow. Oh no, way. hilarious! And I was coming back from Munsu one time with my daughter, and one of them came down that hill, and we almost hit it. The guy in front of us slammed on the brakes, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And then I saw this pig squeak right under the guardrail, wow. and I went. No, way. Well, we're not lucky but, enough to see. Yeah, they've been a myth for a long time, but it looks like they're getting much more common. They now. they show up in the uh, in the noodle house in the guksu gyps too. They just <laughs> come in, just knock everything off the tables and run out, scare That's the shit awesome. out of everyone. And bounce. I haven't seen one yet, man. I'll send you a video. It's a fun. I've never I seen live one live, but neighborhood. <laughs> I would so funny. I would love to. Hold on. Have you ever seen a? Have you ever seen a, a kangaroo or a wallaby? <laughs> yeah, in the zoo. <laughs> Oh, Nate, Nate had one run through his class uh, one day. No, that was, the, that was the craziest thing also. It was, you know the programs they have like for kindergartens, they bring animals to the yeah. kindergarten, let them pet or whatever? I thought I was on mushrooms. I was getting ready for a class. There's a front door and a back door. It's the community center of a big apartment okay. block. So they had, I was doing a class for, for women there. And I just had the doors open so the air could flow. And I was writing something on the board and nobody showed up. It was 10, 15 minutes early. I turned around. And there was a bloody kangaroo running through my room, and I went. I was just, I was just frozen. Like we had young I, kids, he wasn't sleeping I, much. He's like, "What the hell happened?" At? And I went running out the door, and it was ripping down the side. Wow! And I saw the guali and I said, "There's a kangaroo!" And he's like, "Crazy Wigglegin. What are you talking about?" Yeah. Anyways, and then the ladies came, and I was like, "Ladies, you will never believe this." There was a kangaroo jumping through. Nobody was looking for it. It wasn't lost. Nobody said that I lost a kangaroo. Did you see it? And then sure, it was and a then real one. It was a wallaby. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the news guys came and they they put all the CCTV films on the on the news that night and they came and interviewed me. But they see it running through the parking lot and if it, it, they found it three days later sleeping behind a bush. Oh. And they put a thing okay. out. Watch out! Beware of a loose. What are they called? Wallaby. <laughs> So where did it come from? Anyways, it, it was that. There's a kindergarten or a daycare so center. To pet it? But but the zookeeper guy or whoever what the pet cafe guy, whatever it was, he wasn't looking for it. There was no pet cafe truck. It escaped from somewhere nearby. Wow. And it was just and it came <laughs> right wild. through the community center place. That's and I went, so ah, cool. What? I was I was absolutely floored. Um Yeah, I haven't seen any wildlife here. Hmm. Loose. Anyways. Just a little snake. My 
Here. <laughs> oh, wow, the boar. Yeah. I'll show you the video after. Oh, so that's hilarious. They, they got the Chaco light. They got, that's really cool. Oh, my they God. They have the video of him running through the bush. And like, there he goes. There he goes. And we're panicking. Anyways. That's a big boy. Yeah. Um, I would love to maybe not. I mean, we do we do a lot, but I'm, I kind of guess I'm with a Korean wife, we're probably a little bit more Korean or uh, naturalized than, than you guys maybe to the Korean culture and the study habits and stuff. What about the kids' homework? So and, and and they play sports. What other extracurriculars? Like, are you not tied down on the weekends? Where I think of families at home and everyone's busy on the weekends. How do you have? So we have a shared calendar. That's number one. Uh-huh. Step number one. So I'm the one that puts in all the important <laughs> dates, mm. sports, whatever. So not only do my kids do sports in school, but we also do our own sports. We play ultimate, ultimate frisbee, yeah. and now my kids are old enough and they're. They've been playing for a while, so they're also joining the league. And so now, yes, we are busy. Who has a birthday? Who has, you mm. know, schools, competition? Who has Frisbee? Who has whatever? Just just a relaxing weekend mm. or we want to go somewhere. So we have a shared calendar. Homework-wise, our school believes that the, the homework is not where, like, when we grew up, we had to sit there and do problem solving and whatever. Mm. They have them read 20 minutes of a book, let's say it's in English. Mm. Um, if something that you were working on in class, you did not finish, that's what they ask you to finish, which is no more than 10, 15 minutes if you're paying attention. But um, you know, if you finish, you get to go for many weekend vacations. Everywhere. Exactly. So my <laughs> so <you> kids <laughs> almost never come home saying, I have homework to oh do, like gosh. hours. I got to send my kids out. If it's something, it's maybe half hour tops. Yeah. Like my daughter sometimes says she's in eighth grade now, middle school. You know, I have some homework I need to finish. Half hour, she's done. If they have to study for a test, they got the routine down. They do it on the bus coming home yeah. and the, the bus, oh. you know, the morning of the test. That and is the morning of the test. Yeah, you know, Op- optimizing for for success there, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, I so feel I bad. told them, pay attention in class. You don't gotta sit there and you know bang well, your head I mean, that's how we book. did. That's how we that's did. That's right. Up. And how do you? Yeah, I don't remember the odd time you got in trouble. Remember, sticks out in my brain or whatever. But in general, we played after school until dinner, and maybe had a fake ten minutes of homework after that. Um, but how do you feel? I'm sure I know the answer to this, how competitive they are academically or even not academically, just globally as young students. Um, so with, with, I mean, I guess for context in comparison to the Koreans who are going to academies every night till absolutely. 8, 9, 10 at night. So I, IB program, it's not like 100% like we're used to or ABCs. It's 1 through 8. And uh, they tell That's you That's a PYP. The, the PYP, yeah, MYP, yeah. yeah. So one is the worst and eight is the best. And the teachers tell you, you will almost never get an eight unless mm. you do something amazing. Sure. So from the beginning, when my kids started second grade and fourth grade, I said, I will not accept anything less than five in middle school mm. and elementary school. And they're like, mom, five? Really? It's like above average. I'm like, yeah, five. Mm. Like, hands down, five. I don't care what you have to do. I want a five. Every single class. And that has been my thing. Every time they don't give me a five, there are repercussions. For example, we don't do road trips. We don't go to 
uh, sporting events that we always go to. We're yeah. big fans of Hyundai Tigers yeah. and Mobis. Nice. Uh, so those little things are minus because you're not giving me the fives. Sure. Not that, you know, they're not into video games and all that. So mm. I can't take those away. Mm. It has to be something that they look forward to. Sure. When they get to high school and upper middle school, I raised it. I said, now I want a six. Mm. They're like, well, why do you want a six? I said, because when you are in high school, you're a little more mature, so you could give me sixes. Yeah. And it looks good in school. Yeah. And it's good for college. So I said, I want sixes. Anything below that, again, there's repercussions. What is the average so, middle school, high school? Probably five. Five. But I want a six. Hmm. Sometimes they give me an eight. And of course, we praise them. We have a shared chat. And I always get the email of the grade. And we share it. And we say, you know, great job, whatever. Awesome. But they don't get anything extra for sixes and sevens and eights. It's okay. Now we resume our lifestyle. If it goes below that, then... Hey. My dad was getting the emails about the threes and the fours. <laughs> yeah. No. You, you don't That's you don't awesome. That's a, good, that's a good... Uh, that's a good... That's a really good approach man i like that yeah i tell them i said your only job until you get to college is to give me good grades everything else we will provide for all the traveling we do all the food whatever 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 it is that you want i mean for god's sake we went to fifa last november by chance because we had friends there and they're like you know we have you know, we could get tickets. Do you want to come? Well, so. uh, Nicholas, he yeah. only got a four. four so I think we're, yeah. you're staying home. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's right. But I, but, uh, I, we, I try, I kind of run like that in, in our household. But I also, there's some things you just don't want to miss out on. And no, you got to be disciplined, man. <laughs> you have to be disciplined. I don't like when it affects my, my, if I want to go to the Korea Iran game or whoever's yeah. playing here and we got four tickets how do you renege on four tickets and going to Canada in the summer how do you renege on those like that's pretty you gotta figure it out <laughs> you gotta figure it out you gotta right. figure well, it out but I think as they get a little bit older it's it's much easier to they understand that's right I mean they, Lena's, they Lena's only yeah. seven years old it's yeah. that's you gotta start yeah. early yeah oh, then I, it gets easier I, now I, it's a breeze yeah sure. I, I think we've out. done pretty good training between the two of us but yeah Probably still a lot of work to do. Discipline is number one. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And, I mean, your kids are, <clears throat> well, I think part of your thing, too, is community involvement. Absolutely. I'm very big on that. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we were coming to Korea, I said, so we have no family there. You do understand, right? Mm. And they're small enough. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But as they got older, they saw the friends that we made. And some of them, okay, they come and go, whatever. But there's like a handful that you're always keeping in touch. And if there's an emergency, you always call them. So I told them, we don't have family members here. Mm. So some of those people that we chose to be friends with and share our whatever is the weekends, whatever, they're our family. Right. Mm. So that that, that kind of helped as well, you know. Absolutely. I'm just saying before we started here, your son put in some logged some serious hours at the uh, at the global yeah. festival last time. He was there the whole time. He didn't leave. Yeah. He didn't leave he didn't oh, leave his post yeah. the whole time and yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. But even even living in the States or Canada, I mean my family for example with five kids, but it's spread all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. My brother's got nobody in exactly. Calgary. There's nobody. So yeah. when I think, and they say, don't you miss home? And don't you know, it doesn't necessarily mean to be better at home. I might be just as isolated because. Exactly. Because and, and they where, have their own routine. That's where your sure. friends and your supporting network and, you know, everybody's your uncle. That's right. We had a lot of those guys growing up. Yeah, uncle yeah. John is like, well, how's he your uncle? 
He's is not. he your mom's brother or your dad's brother? He's just a friend. <laughs> he lives you know? three doors down. Yeah. He's one of those uncles. Okay, okay, I yeah. get it. Yeah, so it. we adapted that. And that's why um, when I ask them, uh, you know, hey, you know, they need a volunteer for whatever. They don't be, they're not like, oh, really? Do I have to do it? No, they like really like, oh, what's it about? What am, what am I going to be doing? You know, they're engaged. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's important for us. That is awesome, man. Yeah, they, even for just yeah, your your general life quality, I think getting out and mixing and mingling with the uh, with the local people, man. It's the, that's what makes the the expat experience absolutely. You're living di- here different uh, as well, yeah. What is is there a a network of friends that they have around their age? There's probably not too many that are the same ages, but is there a decent group of friends they have in Dongu or not really? Uh, so they went to HFS. So they do have the few people that started there or left, came back and yeah. all that. And some of the friends that I've made. So they do have a handful of people in Dongu. And like I said, because our school has grown so much, there are kids from his class uh, that do live in Dongu or from my daughter's class here in downtown also. So they do have friends here. Majority of them are in Busan. Yeah. But again, Korea is safe. I don't mind them hopping on the train and yeah. going yeah. to Busan. And okay, mom, I'm here. When you know when I'm getting on the train or bus, whatever, I'll call you again. And mm. it's it's yeah, fine. I, 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 I trust that. them and yeah. they make good decisions. So we um, in the expat dad community, we often talk about <clears throat> what we're missing back home like we think about oh when we were young we did this we had track and field days and and after school sports and stuff like that and in the public school program especially middle school in korea it doesn't exist that much do you feel that there's anything missing um i mean by raising your kids here and having them go to school here do you feel you're missing uh something by not sending them to school in new york like if you if you were raising them in new york do you think there would be something extra that they could that they could get i mean that not to take away all the benefits that it has here but mm-hmm. what do you think is the or um, something maybe they wish they had the, so that you wish you could because instill? my kids are very sport oriented mm. i think the options for sports is limited so it's great that our school has so many after school activities but they have this competitiveness in them and you could only do three sports competitively plus four are frisbee whereas in america like my daughter for example when she was growing up she loved gymnastics Mm. the only place i could take her was down here and it was mm. too late. Yeah. And they wanted me to come five days because there's nothing like... You can't do a fun activity. It has to be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, she's five. Yeah. She doesn't care. She just wants to, you know, learn how to do a front flip. Yeah. So she taught herself watching YouTube mm. on her bed. Yeah. And she's like, okay, mom, I don't need to go to gymnastics. And then luckily when we transferred to ISB, there was a teacher there who offered like cheerleading gymnastics kind of thing Beautiful. after school. Not competing, but it was good enough. Yeah. Mm. So I think sometimes those little things, like at one point my son really enjoyed baseball, mm. you know. But here, again, you can't really do baseball the way we do it back home. Really? Yeah. Or even soccer. You only do it with other schools. Whereas if you do after school curricular activities in the States, it's more clubs, right? Yeah. You belong to a club and yeah. you travel and whatever. Lots belong to both. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. How, where do you think that sports background comes from? Oh, definitely my husband and I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the competitive is more my husband. Um, I, I enjoy sports, watching them, doing them. But he's more of, you know, 
like a competitive kind of、mm. guy. He always played sports throughout school. I played volleyball and、uh, in high school.、Um, we both did taekwondo. That's how we met. Oh, cool.、Huh. Yeah, in the states or in the states, yeah. Oh, it must have been. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we, we, maybe that's how you got to Korea. That's that was the was wow.、Destiny. We found it. it we、destiny. found it. We found the seed.、Uh, so,、um, so yeah, definitely from us. Do you guys find? I don't know if other sports, but through Ultimate at least, or there's Koreans at the school too, right? Absolutely. So did does your son or or daughter or you guys find that that the levels of competitiveness are so different? Like my guys at hockey, the guys just think I'm. The first two periods, I don't. Whatever happens, happens. But the third period, we are not going to lose a game ever. <laughs> and that's when I turn the mode on, and we're going to win now. And they'll say, "Nate will pass the puck for two periods," but in the third period, I'll never pass the puck. <laughs> <laughs> but that competitive nature just is just missing here in in every sport that I've tried and done. It's. Oh, just be gentle, or oh, it's just for fun, or oh, I thought it was the opposite. When、right? I was when I was playing,、uh, when I was teaching in elementary school,、uh, there's Wednesday volleyball. The teachers、mm-hmm. play Wednesday volleyball, and every two months there's a tournament. That's right, yeah. But every time I would go, and they'd be like, "Okay,、uh, please tell Nate to only to use like Yuxi percent, sixty percent power." I'm like, <laughs> "Well, you guys are all using full. You can spike it off my head, but then everyone's scared of." You know Godzilla, like, <laughs> but it, it, it's always been. I'm not the smallest guy, but if we're playing, let's play. Yeah. And if you can't play, then maybe you shouldn't be out here. But I always found that the competition lacked here. That that you're competitive like, like, nature, the, like Billy Madison smashing all the kids. But, but, <laughs> but if you're gonna play, you're gonna play. Right? I, 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 yeah, I grew yeah, up yeah. where losing wasn't an option. It was、right. just everything you do, sure, yeah, yeah. and it drives my wife crazy. But We play to win. Let's hit badminton things in the park. Okay, <laughs> spike. Come、bit. on, let's let's, let's do a little、it. better. Um. So again, my husband is very competitive nature, and so I think both of my kids kind of like that. that. Yeah. yeah, get that from him. So, so for example, as a, my daughter's a captain, as I said, of the, her soccer team、mm. now, and she would come home after practice, and every day it's a ritual for dinner when we sit down because we're all home. You have to tell me what you did in school, by from first period until you get off the sure, bus. Sure.、Huh? So you know she's going through her whatever in PE. Let's say you know, mom, we had this competitive dodgeball or whatever, and no one's even throwing. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're supposed to get them out, not、uh, hand them the ball. Yeah. Or like she's a captain of the soccer team, and she's like, they don't even like running. So then she goes, I would tell them like, so why'd you join the team? <laughs> yeah. You know? so yeah. So it is in them, and they do strive to maybe not win all the time, but do their best, and it bothers them. That other kids don't have the same mentality. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It it's, it's much more passive, and that's that's、yeah. my biggest thing here. Whenever even coaching the kids, I'm like, why come here if you're not here to kick someone's ass? Like,、yeah. well, what are you coming for? Yeah, you're wasting mom and dad's time, and you're、yeah. you could be on your phone or something. I guess.、Um, yeah, it's so that is lacking. Being really competitive is. One of my problems But being I, in Korea because I, I don't the like I, when you guys were talking about competitiveness, I was thinking immediately about like the soccer leagues and stuff, and like aren't they like hyper competitive? Where the kids like what Dan was kid would be doing at a professional level, not at the the middle school, high school.、Level. Oh, okay. So we're talking just like regular PE class. Yeah, like class? regular.、Oh, okay. t- like even after school, it's competitive, but not the way like the U.S. Oh my god! But I don't. I don't think people are upset when they lose here. 
It, That's right. When I lose, I'm livid. Yes, my but, husband's like but, cranky for a whole week. But I'm not. I'm not a whole week. I just one day. Steve, you got to work on that. I, yeah. No. <laughs> but it's, but when like like you say, even like Okdong's got the soccer school, and whatever Mugudong has the volleyball school for the city or whatever. But even when they lose, it's like ah, oh, we lost. I'm like. No, no. Listen, listen in in grade eight, we uh, there was like two, there was four classes, and two were really competitive, and the two teachers were best friends. In the whole year, man, we talked like at track and field day, we're gonna win the relay race. It's done, and this was a whole year thing. Yeah, man, I fell. I was the anchor. I felt we were gonna win. I had to run five more meters. I fell oh, five meters, Lord. turning. I'm still choked. I'm still. I wake up screaming some nights, like, "No, I lost in 1998." Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. The I don't think yeah, they, they don't it. have that bug. I don't know what. It except is. except for studying. <laughs> at, except at the, up, the upper yes. the upper <laughs> echelon of studies. The middle kids now they understand. Before everybody wanted to be top. Now I think two thirds understand they're never going to be the top. But that top one percent or whatever thirty percent. Oh, they, that's yeah. That's what they it go. Is. They yeah. go bonkers. But you know, I I I don't want to discourage my kids of that. But, like, studying shouldn't be your life. You're mm. a kid. you no. got to enjoy no. these things. There's more. There's and more to life than that. But, but, but they're also not Korean. That's right. And the, the way this society structured that you have to get this score to get into this company to get a secure job That's and right. yeah. salary. So it's also they have a huge advantage where they don't have to succumb to those pressures. Where true, I yeah. still think... It's gotten a lot, lot better from the times when, when we got here ages ago, but it's it, the pressure is still there. Absolutely. I think now the kids are now more well-traveled, more open-minded, more global, mm-hmm. and they understand there's another way. That's right. So the top kids are, are competing with the top, but the, the consequences are dire if you don't. Absolutely. If you commit to all in and you don't get it, number one suicide for youth in the world. That's right. And, and that's, that's the other side is. of it, which is I'm angry when I lose, but but – you're not, you know, you don't go overboard. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree That's with because, the balance. Probably and, too because you're not you're not uh, practicing for 15 years to play one game. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. you're getting mini games all the way through. Yeah. yeah. It's not all coming down yeah, to the suit. Different anymore. mentality for sure. Yeah. So in your first couple of years here, did you guys start traveling right away? I mean, the, oh, yeah. the, one of the beauties here is that you're so close to. I, I think like when I go home and talk to family and friends, it's like Jamaica. Mexico, Cuba, yeah. Jamaica, Aruba, yeah, and I feel like they're all kind of rinse and repeat the same thing. But here, you're close to a lot of different, a lot of different stuff. Four or five hours, you you can get to a lot of places. Europe maybe would be similar, where you have so many options. Mm-hmm. But here, I think it's a great thing that it's it's relatively reasonably priced, and you're close enough to a lot of different cultures and places that you can get to. Um, so, what was it like in your first in the first years? Um, Maybe talk us through a few trips or decisions and how you choose where to go and the planning process until... Was this your biggest trip recently, this summer? That was our biggest... Or longest. We, every and, summer is our biggest trip. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah. They get longer every summer? They, no, no, no. The, the time-wise, but maybe we squeeze in more places. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because <laughs> they're older, right? Yeah. So, so what, what was it like when you finally got out of the States and you're here and... So the first thing we wanted was obviously my kids were three and five. So um, I knew that getting on the plane is not the best idea with small kids. 
Uh, not that they were bad on airplanes or anything, but it's just, you know, it's it's not fun when you have cranky kids sure. and jet lag and whatever. So we said, okay, let's do some road trips within Korea. And even before uh, in America, when my husband and I were dating, we would do long trips. You know, like mm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if Monday was a holiday, we would just drive. We went, I think we did all of East Coast, some of, uh, definitely when we lived in California, we did all up and down. Mm. So we were in in the in the mood for like a three-day thing and we kind of you know pushed that over to our kid when we had the kids we're like okay short trips Mm. but we're gonna see a lot so we got here and i started doing research you know what's around here where can we drive to and then where are we gonna stay because you know it's different here they don't have as many what we call hotels proper hotels they're like love motels or pensions or whatever yeah Yeah. so we did some research (laughs) a few surprises yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) vibrating uh yeah so yeah as long as you plan and you know what your kids like you can do any trip anywhere in the world so i knew and i made a deal with my kids i said when we go on vacations when they were small i would say one day we will do what mommy and daddy want to do One day, we will do what you and your brother want to do. That way, it's even. Or if we don't have enough time, we do half-day mommy-daddy's and half-day yours. Mm. Either morning or afternoon or whatever. And... And I always kept the the sleeping schedule the same. Because if you get off that, even on vacations, then your whole vacation is screwed up. Solid. So, yeah. yeah. We're like, okay, from (laughs) this time to this time. So, I would... I got them used to itineraries. I would say this is what we're doing at this time. Mm. And then we have free time. We could figure out something maybe we sure. need to do more. And then bedtime is whatever, whatever. It worked. It's been working. Um, as they got older, I just extended the stuff. Awesome. Or maybe I don't have to like bargain with them with the mommy, daddy stuff and your stuff. We kind of incorporate it together. Yeah. And it's it's oh, it's wonderful. It's fun, yeah. yeah. Next year, she wants to help me plan. My Ooh, daughter. That's so. awesome. How did the trips change from three and five years old to more recently? You've been over most of Southeast Asia, lots of Europe, um, lots of different places. How how did the trips and the planning and stuff change? I know for me, for example, the kid, like you say, when they're young, it was kind of like Thailand, Singapore, Philippines, places mm-hmm. we're comfortable with, four or five hours on a plane, but nothing too wild or crazy or big. Mm-hmm. But Last year, we decided they're ready now. To, and that's why we did the Central Asian trip for five weeks. And it was a learning experience for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we would all agree that we're capable of doing it and something else. And that kind of a, a road trip, multi-country, multi-city thing. Absolutely. How did it change for you guys from the Korean road trips to Vietnam, Japan, China, and then further? Um, so, I again, I think when the kids are small... Uh, what do they enjoy? The beach. They want the pool. They want the aquarium. They want the zoo. They want something that makes noise, maybe some sort of a show with like lights and stuff. So, for example, when we went to, um, uh, where did we go? I think our first trip was maybe Thailand. Mm. And I was like, hey, kids, we're going to go to this ancient city. It's how you bring it to the kids, right? It's you the can't pitch. Just, it's in the you, pitch. Yeah, yeah, you can't just say, oh, well, yeah, we're going to go to Thailand. We're going to see temples. And they be like, what? No. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go to the city. It's called the Forbidden City. So now you're setting the stage. And I'm like, 
and all the Buddha's heads are chopped off. So already in their mind, they're like, You were using GP, so GPT cool. 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Right? This is so cool. So, so when we got there, is it hot? Yes, it's hot. Is it a long ride? Of course it is. And yeah. in the park itself, but they want to find this headless Buddha. Sure. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And then... Again, I said, this is what we're going to do in the morning. And then when we come back, we're going to be in the pool for the rest of the day. Yeah. Awesome. But Thanks. here's the trick. You tell them, you start whining on my time. You're not getting your time. Oh, beautiful. You're getting more of my time. <laughs> so once it happens twice, maybe they test you, but then it's smooth sailing because they know the deal. When they get older, I want them to experience what they're learning. For example, two years ago, I think it was, we went to Greece and we spent six weeks there. And the year prior to that in social studies or something, my son was learning about uh, Greek mythology. Mm. And I said, perfect. We're going to go to Greece. We're going to go to Olympia. Mm. And you're going to see where the Olympics started again, sport oriented. And you're going to see all these, you know, like Delphi with all the gods and all this and this and this and this. So... Now you're taking them to these museums, whereas before it's like, mom, I don't want to go to a museum, to where they're actually standing there and reading, you know, about a god or something, you know, and they're engaging. And so now I don't have to bargain with them. Okay, now we're going to go to the beach or the pool because they actually want to go to the museum. They're engaged. They want to go to the the Acropolis, the Parthenon, whatever it is. They want to see it. They want to be part of it. And part of the IB curriculum too is connecting is exactly your thing to it. real life right exactly so, so awesome. I, i've always tried to put some sort of a, a learning experience that they've gone through through the year okay let's figure out something we could do in the summer or in the winter that they could relate I, that's a uh, that's a really important part of vacationing i it think is. It is to take something away Absolutely. that it's not just beach and beach and beers or whatever yeah and it's also <laughs> like like you say it's the way you pitch it if sure. you say we're gonna go to greece and period and not you know hype it up somehow where mm. it would it would interest them then they're not going to appreciate sure. it you know i so. saw an, an interesting i think it was an indian family and they might have been in the states and they were um i think the parents had quit their jobs or maybe they had online jobs or whatever and their kids were might have been uh, late elementary or early middle school and they would choose similar to you. They would choose some destinations with the next destination, and I think once a week their kids had to research a, a place that they wanted to go, and it was almost like a shark or like a kind of pitch, mm-hmm. Shark Tank pitch. Like, mom, we should go here. This is what we can learn. This is what we can see. And I mean, they're learning all about get them, it. Get if them you want to make, you know, it, it, it's kind of like that indirect learning where yeah. they they need to learn it because they want to go there. So. And the brother and the sister would uh, would make their pitch, and then the family votes. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Which a widow? Yeah, in, in pretty cool. Yeah, 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 that that's a great. That's how you get <clears throat> to learn without sure. like thinking about it. You know, they, because they want to read. Learn. Yeah, exactly. You light that fire how inside. How cool them. is it when we went to Greece and we went to Olympia? My daughter and my son and my husband actually raced the exact same thing. The distance that you know. Whatever back then when they first did it. Yeah. I mean, they could say, I ran right on the same grounds. When know? that comes up in school, too, they're like, oh, shit, I've been there. Exactly. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Well, that's, exactly. that's what I find having the multicultural kids. I mean, when they're reading in the books, Toronto and CN Tower and New York, they were just in New York. 
and all these things like, oh, I know that. And then yeah. they say something about Canada or they're like, is that true? And they, and they, and they feel special. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes absolutely. they feel weird and different, but other times they feel that their uniqueness is, is, a, is a strength. Absolutely. We were watching Ninja Turtles the other day. Oh, yeah. And it's just like downtown New York. And I'm like, what? it's really cool really cool uh, actually my daughter did a um she had to research um i think it was architectural something in one of her classes maybe design classes and um she chose alhambra in spain and the teacher goes why did you choose that she's like because i was there yeah last summer and yeah. i could actually tell you in detail, yeah. what I saw versus me spending countless times you know, on the computer Scrolling looking internet, yeah. or whatever. I could just look at mom's pictures and mm. I could tell you, you know. How something like the World Cup, you guys were at the Olympics, um, not justifies the wrong word, but how do you, if, if for instance, your daughter says, well, I don't care about the World Cup. I mean, I don't, again, it's in the pitch. And, and Korean, my international students at the university say, well, I don't like soccer. I'm like, have you ever been to a World Cup stadium? This is not about the soccer. It's about the atmosphere, the environment, and the cultural mm -hmm. experience that, that goes along with it. Have you ever been to a bat professional basketball game? I, I hate watching baseball. I, I, I don't know how the Americans can watch 300, I, 300 I games a year and I watch paint dry. But if you go to Sajik and watch the Giants, yeah. you'll be wanting to go again two it's weeks an later. Experience. And, and I'm not... I, I hated... I grew up playing ice hockey. I hate football. Soccer. But... When I moved to Africa, they didn't have anything except football. And then I, there it was like a religion. And if you didn't, you were from outer space. If you didn't know anything or you didn't follow the team or whatever, didn't have all the clothes every Sunday. So that became like my church was getting ready for the football games with all these guys. And you mm -hmm. feel a part of something. But it's more cultural than it is the actual sport. I'm still not a huge fan of, of <laughs> soccer. But the passion when the national team's playing against Japan in the, in the Asia Cup finals. And it, it's just... And I guess loving sports, but for for your daughter, for instance, is that is that just again the the selling the 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 narrative of what it what it's like, or I mean, if my daughter hated football and I said we're going to the World Cup, I'd be like, you're uh, so lucky, nobody gets this chance. So here's here's the the positive and the negative. So when I'm we sorry, one, one more, the Olympics was like minus. The coldest yeah. I've ever felt in Korea when we were up there and the kids, my wife was frozen. I was like, but it's the Olympics. We're never going to get yeah. another chance. And like, I've waited my whole life to go to the Olympics. It was so freaking cold. Yeah. And I had my kids bundled up and I, they were young, young. But I was like, is this, but now reflecting, it's all worth it. It's always worth it. But go ahead. So when we found out about the World Cup, we had just come back from our big Spain vacation. Mm. I think we spent six weeks there between Spain, a little bit of France, and Portugal. We had friends there. And um, the same family that we spent summers with, they live in Qatar. Mm. They were moving there that August. And September, three weeks later after we came back, she's like, you know, I got tickets to World Cup. None of my family members want to come from America. Do you guys want to come? Because she knows, you know, Steve and my son. I'm like, of course. I didn't even ask when it was. When. I said, absolutely. I'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it you out. You have to watch Canada. No, no America games. You got to watch Canada and cheer for this. So when I when I said, okay, we're going to FIFA, my daughter goes, what? I'm going to miss school. She's very. She is very like on point on target she has sure. to get things done she can't miss any tests and 
for like a second, the three of us, my husband, my son, and I were like, what? <laughs> like, but you're voted off the yeah, island. Yeah, I'm like, do you know what we mean? just pitched to you? Do you understand where you're going? And we've been to the Olympics. So then, you know, we, we were talking about it, and she's like, I'm going to miss school. And I was like, I'm sure your teachers will understand. I'm yeah. sure you could make up time. And okay, granted, it was three weeks that we were going to be gone yeah. because we had the quarterfinal ticket, and we were not going to miss a quarterfinal. Like, I don't oh care if you failed the entire year. Yeah. <laughs> See, you do have to compromise sometimes. Yeah. So, so okay, she, she goes, okay, I'm going to go to one game, maybe. We have tickets to four. <laughs> and she's like maybe two at the most because now she's still like huffing and puffing about this and so we get there she goes to the first game and she's like oh my god this was so cool can we go to another one I'm like you only agreed to two games so we don't but anyway um, the resells and everything they ended up I went to a, a four games that I, I wanted to go to but they ended up going to like seven or eight games <laughs> wow. because just the the way it was set up, yeah. you could have gone to two or three games in the same day. Oh, wow. Because it's so small. The I was going to say, so the biggest benefit of that one was it, it's Everybody right there. there. The yeah, next, all the next like one's, 9, 12 stadiums. Next one's Vancouver, yeah. Toronto, three Houston, New York, literally. Mexico yeah. City. Good luck. So, so she was like, she, she was kind of like, you know, I don't want to go. And then like, I, I want to go. And then I said, okay. I think we need to have the talk. And my husband said, what talk? I'm like, those little brats, mm. they are spoiled. <laughs> Number yeah. one, because, you know, thank God we are capable of taking them on a short notice to something like this. Right. Number one. Number two, thank goodness we have friends who, again, were nice enough to offer us these tickets. But all she was thinking is, oh, I came to school, <laughs> which is great, right? As a parent, you're sure, like, great. Right. But at the same time, zoom out, honey. <laughs> I don't want the. I don't want her to think, oh, school's important. But like once in a lifetime, FIFA with your friends. Yeah. It's not like just mom and dad. Yeah. You're going with people that you know. Yeah. You know, oh. in a foreign country, like oh, wow. sometimes the expat kids cannot grasp that all the benefits that we have here yeah. i think often they probably yeah, yeah. until it's overlooked until it's you're older and, and then you that, can reflect for sure on it. for sure and sometimes you have to bring them back and you have to talk to them <laughs> and make them understand and i'm like you know your cousins would die to go to yeah. anything oh half God, of what you yeah. went to but you just know, leave north america just, right, it's crazy. just leave yeah. the neighborhood <laughs> yeah. just leave new york forget yeah. the forget north america so then she kind of understood and and she she was very appreciative she went to um korea ghana game oh, and uh, with her friends yeah. that she grew up from korea <laughs> isn't that funny wow. and then you know we we stayed still in touch so i think not that they were flying up high, but I think they realize how lucky they are and how lucky we are to have made friends all over the world. The situation, every timing, everything, right? I think it's important as a parent to to let them know, listen, this is not yeah. uh, normal. Th- not this normal. is not yeah. normal. That's yeah. right. Like, my all guys, of us are not normal. My guys were complaining in Tashkent or Samarkand or someone. They're like, I just want to go home. And I was like... Okay, we can go home. I can change the tickets. We can go home tomorrow and you go to Hogwans or I mean, mm-hmm. they don't go to Hogwans, but you could do what all your friends are doing and go to. Ha- okay, okay, we're all right. I mean, 
for seven and nine years old, five weeks in those countries is a long, a long journey. Yeah. But as soon as I know, and even some parts hard on my wife, but I know once we get back, it's, oh, we're back here? Yeah. Can we go back? Yeah. And it's like, okay, now you understand, you appreciate. So I know even sometimes I got to bite my tongue, you know, and not get frustrated because I know once they can reflect and put it in perspective, they understand how lucky it is and stuff. But, but you have to, like, keep telling them this right. sure. because they're, they're yeah. not going to always. Well, if not, you'll get some of the monsters that I teach. I've, I think I've told it before, but I walked into a class one day. It's just one-to-one and the kid's like, <laughs> Just big, you know, lip hanging down to his feet. What's wrong? What's wrong? <sighs> going, <sighs> going to Hawaii again. Like, what do you mean again? He's like, I want to go to Singapore because they have the Lego that I like in Singapore. But Hawaii doesn't. I'm like, dude, how many times have you been to Hawaii? He's like, this is my third time. Can you believe my parent? I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about, man. And I think I think that's that was kind of a failure on the parents' part to, to not sure. alert them that sure. – yeah. Some people like, uh, probably for like our parents' generation, it would like going to Hawaii for a honeymoon was like the coolest thing you could possibly right? do, man. One time in your life, <laughs> this yeah, kid's once, been three times, it. yeah, and he's pissed because they don't have the Lego he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Gina, did you write your diary? And he's yeah. nine. Ah, <sighs> diary. Well, you could be at home writing about the Grand Park, like <laughs> that we're at every other day. Or you can write about these amazing places we've been and riding camels and all this other crazy shit. Yeah. Get with the program. Yeah. How do you how do you encourage, make, foster uh, the appreciation with the kids? I mean, mine are still, I think, a little bit young to to appreciate as much as I want them Just to. Just constant reminders. But we, we go through pictures and stuff of past trips and they start to realize I've been to, you know, 11, 12 countries. I'm, I'm really lucky. My friends have only been to one or two and I think they start to realize more but how do you ensure that they're they're appreciating the experiences that um, so the first thing I did when we came to Korea was because we're here for two years we didn't, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't bring anything personal so we brought nothing we brought some of their toys they, they were playing with and our clothes that's it no furniture nothing because two years okay I didn't, yeah. you could go anywhere for two years but then the two years became four years and six years. And I, I'm looking at my house and I said, I live in a hotel. Yeah. I said, this is not a home. I need to put something. I'm not really big on like decor because I know I have to eventually take it back somewhere and I have a house back <laughs> mm. home. So I wasn't big on that. I said, you know what I'm going to do? Every time we take a trip, I'm going to take one or two pictures and I'm going to put on a canvas because they last long and I'm going to hang it up. Mm. Since day one. That's what we've been doing. So when you walk into my house in the living room, there are canvases all around awesome. my house with all the trips that we've taken. Awesome. On top of that, I make albums, cool. like hardcover albums, mm. and I have them right on the on the coffee table. So anytime you you're sitting there, you're bored or whatever, it's in front of you. You you're gonna pick it up. Yeah. No matter what. So Every they have that visual. Yeah, they have the visual on the walls. Think they again. have the awesome. you know the albums or whatever and we always tell them we always tell them we are very lucky mm. um uh you know just the position that we're in Ooh. we are in asia everything is close to us everything yeah. is pretty much affordable we're not like five star kind of hotel people 
because I'm only there to sleep. I want to see what's out there. Great. Sure. You know, like I said, we're allergic to our house. Good motivation so, to get out. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> so we're allergic to the hotel rooms. The quicker we get out, the better for us because yeah. there's so much to do. Sure. So I think you just have to keep telling them until they come to their own realization like, wow, I had a wonderful you know, up, upbringing, you know, mm. 10, 15 years from now when they look back and they're like, yeah, I've been to those places. Maybe before getting into the, the most recent big trip, um, could you could you have imagined this growing up in New York? Um, and even maybe, you know, getting into college and uni years and stuff. <clears throat> did you ever think this would be the life? I mean, having the opportunity to travel all over and, and do this stuff? So, I was born in Georgia. Mm. I grew up in Soviet times. And um, when I was eight, we moved to New York City. Mm. Um, Where, whereabouts in New York? In Brooklyn. Oh, Yeah, nice. I'm from Brooklyn. And when I got to Brooklyn years later, like I was in high school, I said, I am never leaving Brooklyn. I just loved it so much. I had tons of family who immigrated from Georgia. Mm. I said, my family's here. If I want to see anybody else, I could always go back to Georgia. Um, I love traveling, but I always want to come back to Brooklyn. Mm. Like it was like my city, my home, you know? And I remember saying that to everyone. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go travel, but I'm going to come back. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to come back. And then I got married and we moved to California and I looked at my husband like a year into California and I said, we're never going back to Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Like, you don't know until you get out, right? And then we went back to New York for a short period of time and then Korea itch came on and now we're like, we are never. Can't stop anywhere. We we can't. (laughs) Not only back to America, forget living in America, it's out of the question almost. Um, but like, I don't, I don't want to settle. Everyone's like, where, when, where are you going to retire? And we're like, who said anything about retiring? Retiring, yeah, yeah. Do you kind of feel like you gain the confidence that you can kind of make it anywhere now? Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. Like there's always going to be good people, whether it's locals or, or, Absolutely. you know, expat families, but you kind of get that absolutely swagger or mojo like i don't care put me anywhere man i'm anywhere i, I can get around yeah no so problem I, I told my my husband i said after the kids graduate <coughs> um and they're in college take me to the moon i don't care mm. like i've got this i know what to do i know well, the moon's you know, gonna be an option yeah, <laughs> yeah i said because i'm very outgoing i'm not shy mm. uh i speak my mind if you like me, you like me. If you don't like me, okay, see you later. Brooklyn girl. Yeah. But at the same time, I respect other cultures. I respect other religions. Sure. And I am able to coexist with them. So I have no problem being anywhere, mm. really. Just to play devil's advocate, don't you miss the 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 pace of life in Brooklyn or like the, you know, walking down the street, stopping in for a slice of pizza? Go downtown, you're looking at the Manhattan skyline, go for a walk so, over the bridge. So I kind of do that here. Okay. Like, <laughs> I do everything fast. Usandegio is not quite Brooklyn Bridge. Absolutely. <laughs> the sites are not the same, but they're the same. Okay. It's just different, okay, you know? Okay. Like, same, same, but different. Yeah. This is, this same, is same, up, but different. Exactly. Sums up my just appreciating life. where yeah. you are, right? It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a prolific so, t-shirt. So when I was in New York, I loved the New York skyline. Like, I loved it. But here, you go out and you have, like, the ocean. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe it's me. But sometimes when I'm looking at the ocean, yeah, there's ships there, many of them. But then, like, you imagine what's out there. Mm. 
You know, like it's up to you to imagine what's out there. I like it. So for me, <laughs> so I think I don't know. I I'm I'm okay with not being all yeah. the time there. And like you said about the slice of pizza stuff. There are things that you adapt. What you know, what you think you sure, like. Stop here. it for a kimbap. Yeah, or stop sure. for a kimbap or yeah. like dried squid or something. You know, I, something that uh, I don't you know, think dried squid row. makes the cut. But I yeah, really, I'm just, I, you know, I get it. I was there for such a short time that I just really, I think, over romanticized the the idea of living there and waking up and like you know walking down the street, getting my coffee in the morning, someone beeping at mm-hmm. me, yelling at him or whatever. You know, it was. Uh, yeah, so we go back. Hmm. Uh, for Christmas because my husband's one of six, yeah. a huge family, and, and most of my family's there. We go back every year for three weeks, mm. and we do all that. So oh, okay. that's the longest twenty-seven days vacation ever, man. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! How did you sneak <laughs> that in? I'm already at like sixty-six days or something. <laughs> what, what, are you guys do different math or what? Three weeks. So so. Um, so we do all that. We get up and we, we have this uh, drink we like. It's called Manhattan Special. I don't know if you've had it. No. Oh, it's only in Brooklyn, certain areas only. And we, I don't we wake up that. and be on a dumpster someday. <laughs> no, no, no. And we, we, we drink that. And then my son likes to go around the corner to the LMB, which is the best pizza in Brooklyn. LMB? LMB, right around the corner from our house. Okay, okay. He goes there for pizza. We like the Chinese food, which is probably not even Chinese food. Cool. Uh, we like the certain Italian food or certain, you know, crab house or whatever. And yeah. we do all that. And then we're like, okay, now it's time, time to go. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. I can see. Yeah. I, I so we do all that, and then we're like, okay, it's the same as me visiting back exactly. to my hometown. Like, let's do all so the hot we, spots. So then we like, get it. So we don't miss it that much. Yeah. Not enough to move back. It's it's a really nice city, though. It is. I, you do have you have really everything there. Yeah. Do you feel also that, like, part of my, you know, why don't you go home, or why, when are you coming home, or when are you coming home? I can go home anytime. Nothing's changing. It's there. It's going to be there. I know I can go there. So why settle and go back when there's so much more to explore? Yeah. Do you ever feel that, that like, well, it's there and, and you go back, we go back every couple of years or something, but do you feel like that? It's always going to be there and I'm not missing anything. I think three so, weeks a year is more so than enough to, more than to than soak it up. Sure. So we used to go back every summer when the kids were small. Yeah. Okay. More two, two summers. Yeah. We went back two summers, but... This is coming from my kids' mouths. The third summer we were planning to go, both of my kids said, you know, Mom, why do we have to go to America for the summer? I'm like, what do you mean? Don't you want to spend time with, you know, cousins or whatever, whatever? Can't we go to Angola? (laughs) Oh, 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 okay. So I'm like, well, you know, what would we do? He's like, well, because when I go, when we go there, it's only like we only see them on weekends or like for the mm. July mm. because they have their own routine, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. Versus us going back, we don't have a routine and we're like just nomads. Okay, we're here for three weeks or yeah. four weeks or whatever. So he's like, why can't we just go another time and go somewhere else? And that's where the summer vacations came Mm. that's how i feel going home you're kind of interrupting people's lives exactly we do our stuff whatever and you guys are here we're going to kind of readjust everything exactly because you guys came from the other side of the world but it's kind of a pain in the ass and yeah i I feel many times like we're interrupting what's their already their good thing or their routine so that's what he felt one of the summers we were there when he was very young because we always say you know we have to go see grandma and grandpa and he's like yeah but we only see them you know like twice a week Mm. when or go for Christmas, everybody's Everyone's off. off so two weeks yeah, away. so we see them all the time. 
So then, you know, we, we thought about it and we're like, that's a great idea. It's a and better vibe in Christmas anyways. Absolutely. You go around, yeah. Cozy festive. And, yeah. yeah. My, my answer to that was kind of like, let's get them to come here. Because then yeah. they're interrupting ours, but there's so much stuff to do. We have kind of flexible schedules a little bit and there's there's so much to do. And it's it's new. We go home, nothing's new. I mean, it's just but for my kids. But how many people do actually want to come here? For, well, that, but for my kids, it's fun and exciting and interesting. But for me and my wife, it's just sitting around hanging out. I prefer to be showing them stuff that they haven't seen before mm-hmm. or, you know, it's way out of their comfort zone. They're getting a wild experience and it's not too big of an interruption for us. So here's how I solve that problem. I had the exact same idea. I'm like, you know, we go back to the same place for Christmas, the same place for New Year's. <laughs> like, we don't like to do the same thing. Destination Christmas. Yeah. So I said, great, let's do this. Uh, we know your family gets off, you know, like, what is it, like 10 to 7 days. But we have three weeks. Mm. We're not going to just sit home and do nothing. So uh, These are the pit stops across the Middle East right. on my own. <laughs> so now when we go back, we're like, okay, the first week before before Christmas, a few days before Christmas, let's go somewhere else. So last year, we went to Tennessee. Cool. We, is that the Smoky Hills? The Smokies, yeah. We went there. Uh-huh. We went to uh, Gatlinburg. Yeah. Uh, so we said, you know, why don't we just spend Christmas there? Why don't they come there? Mm. So, of course, they loved the idea. So we did our own traveling, cool. Tennessee and whatever. And then they came there. We had Christmas. And then we drove back together, back to the East Coast, did New Year's Beautiful. in Virginia, another different place. There you go. And then we went to New York for a few more days to see my family. We flew back. So that is our new thing now. So this year, when we go back, uh, my husband's sister, youngest sister, is getting married. So we're already into a different country because she wants to get married in Dominican. So that's our before. And then in between, I said, well, I'm not going to sit home those four days before Christmas. Uh, Cuba. (laughs) That's nice. Um, We are doing Rhode Island. Cool. Yeah. So my husband and I did it when we were younger, but my kids have never done it. And I want them to experience the freezing cold, you know, fingers falling off kind of deal. Oh, okay. okay. This is the old varieties of Spice of Life. Yeah. You're never satisfied doing the same thing over. No, it's Once you get out and have a taste of it, even the most exciting times at Christmas can get stale. Yeah. And and you you got to spice it up with some gochujang or something. And And then for New Year's, we're going to go to D.C. And I want to take the kids to some of the museums now that they're older. Like I said, they appreciate going to the museums. So we're going to hit up two or three museums and then get on the flight come back. Beautiful. You recently embarked on a seven-week trip this past summer. Georgia, Turkey, Bulgaria, Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, Albania, mm-hmm. Kosovo, Macedonia, Greece, back to Turkey and Georgia. <laughs> wow. Sounds like sounds like something that's right up my alley. And I, I mentioned when I saw you on the trip, I was like, well, we should get her on. I mean, this is family travel, I think, is it's unique. I mean, you don't... The biggest accomplishment of our trip for five weeks this summer was, you know, no divorce. Nobody hated each other. Nobody. We stayed together. And I think that's so not challenging, but it's not it's not easy in this current Mm -hmm. these current times. Uh, 24 hours a day with your wife or your husband. That that challenges your relationship. It challenges the family dynamic. (laughs) And there's going to be some ups and downs. But but getting through this stuff is what makes us closer and appreciate the time in between the trips. 
Um, maybe tell us a little bit of what inspired this trip and some of the challenges you faced, uh, some of the highlights maybe. Um, so as I said, we've been doing uh, two or three summers now with the other expats that we have met here that we've gotten close with. Mm. So last year we actually started talking about the year before in Spain, we started talking about the past summer. And so I said, you know, I really want to go back to Georgia. I like to go back every two years, mm. alternate summer winters. And my mom just retired from America. So she went back to Georgia. She has a house there and she's happy there. So I wanted to go see her. And um, I said, you know, we'll get to Croatia. We'll like fly. And Steve goes, okay, I can't come the first two weeks because he had to work stuff. Mm. He goes, but I will meet you somewhere. So he goes, you know, your mom has a big car. She has a big SUV, Acura. And he goes, what about if we drive there? I said, that's a great idea. Road but trip. <laughs> you just told me you're not going to be in Georgia. So it's me driving somewhere to meet you. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, we'll figure it out as we go. So I started planning and I mapped it out. It was 3,000 plus miles. 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 Oh, my God. From Georgia to Croatia. And you guys ride the bus every day to Busan. Right? <laughs> you can, you can do this. Right. It's like commuting and, 60 times in a we week. Have, we have things that we do on road trips, like I said, because we've done so many here. We have podcasts we listen to. We, this we do life. audio books. We do, um, when they were small, we did I Spy with my little eyes games and things like this. Mm. We had math games. We had trivia games. Audio books so are we know, solid. Yeah, so we know exactly what to do on long trips. That wasn't the issue. The, the issue is actually driving the distance, right? <laughs> so I said, okay, let's do this. My mom, she's 70. She wanted to come along. Come along. Beautiful. I said, okay, great. Maybe two drivers. So we started with Georgia and we got to Turkey and it was a long drive. Did you fly direct? No, you can't fly direct to Georgia. I don't no, we, we stopped in Qatar. Okay. Yeah. And then we got So you went car. without Steve? I went without Steve. Okay. Two weeks without him. Yeah. And I picked him up in Turkey. Now, every summer for the last five summers, his brother joins us because mm. it is... Just show up wherever we are. Nino's got the itinerary, and I follow. And then when I'm ready to leave, I he bounces. Hey, I'm joining yeah. next summer. So he, <laughs> so he's the fun uncle, and he joins us every year. So he said, "Okay, I'm going to coordinate." With Sorry the to the other uncles. <laughs> Sorry, they, they don't travel. Um, so he goes, "I'm going to coordinate with him, and we'll meet you in Turkey." I said, "Great." Um, so I said, so I mapped this, you know, road that we want to take. We want to stay on main highways because we have to go through like nine border controls. Yeah. <laughs> so then I kept asking all my friends, I said, how's the border control? You know, I know that it could be hours. What's the best time? And so I got all that information. I mapped it out. I said, okay, Steve, we're going to go to this country. We're going to stay right here. It's like two hours from the border. Then we're going to go to this country, see all this. So I planned everything out to like the, the minute that we're going to get there, what wow. to do, what sites to see, you know, are we going to walk, are we going to park, are we going to take public transportation, because yeah. this is all new to me, right? Sure. Um, so, so then we said, okay, we, we need like SIM cards, right? Because yep. you, you're Gotta going connect. through, yeah, yeah, borders, they're not, some of them aren't so friendly, so you need each country, each one. So we did a lot of planning, and the kids helped, and... 
We got in the car. We had no problems on any border patrol wow. checkpoints. Nice, smooth sailing. Beautiful. Um, some of them were outrageous, like in Bosnia and Albania border. It was it was insane. It was a queue, like kilometers queue, and all of a sudden, all these cars were shifting lanes to the oncoming traffic. And we're like, okay, I guess we follow them. And we went through. Nobody checked the passport. They just waved us in. And wow. it was an experience. The line's too long. Let them all in. Just drive. <laughs> just drive. You know, follow the yeah. local people because we could see the license plates. And we met some friends along the way. Um, some of them, like I had friends in Bulgaria. They told us exactly where to go. Don't even, you know, spend time going anywhere else. Go here. Go here. Uh, Croatia, we met up with some friends that we met here, the other families. We did a whole I was going to say, Croatia from the pictures, thing. it looked like you had family in every place you went. Yeah, almost, right? It's like Which family. is also a benefit of living here and meeting and knowing people. everybody from Absolutely. all over. Absolutely. These are my kids' classmates that they haven't seen in years, right? Yeah. So it, it's really nice to, to do these trips, and then it's a benefit if you know somebody that can meet you there or yeah. travel with you. Um, I would say, though, if I had to go back to any of those country and explore it further, Montenegro was my favorite. Interesting. My favorite. It's Why? a cute little... It's right by the water, the yeah. lake area. Yeah. Beautiful. I don't know. I'm sorry to say this to all the Albanians who's going to listen to this, but I was not impressed. <laughs> That's our number one well, viewership. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. we have those, right? I mean, you've been to a lot of places. I've been around. Out of the 10 countries that we went to, Albania was the one country that I could say, eh, I'm... But, but that's also part of it. I, I, I make an analogy between like the world being a university and every country is kind of a different subject. And I, I'd like to try all the subjects. I don't know exactly which ones I'd like and not mm -hmm. just like high school. Dad says, just take it and see. Maybe you'll love it. Yeah. You don't know. And some you could pass on mm -hmm. on the second time around and some you have to go back to. And some are just that was a cool experience. Yeah. But I appreciate it. I'll recommend it. But I don't have to go back there again. Exactly. That and, was Albania. And it's, it's also helping you appreciate the other ones that you do love. And, and to understand what you do like and, mm -hmm. and do appreciate. You like in it, yeah. Okay, that's not my favorite, and I, I know that. And if someone says this country is just like Albania, I'll say, okay, maybe is there another one around that we can go to? Yeah. So it's also, I think it's also important to go to some of those ones that you'd take a pass on the second time, but it helps you get perspective. Yeah, but at least you, at least you know, and you could, you could judge it on your own and say, you know, I don't like it because. Maybe I was in a wrong part. Maybe the South is prettier or but, has better things to offer. But where I was, I didn't like it. But I also found that if Montenegro is your favorite and Kosovo was awesome and Albania was sandwiched in the middle, it's a biased take on Albania because you had your two best countries on either side. Mm, where I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but for me traveling, mm -hmm. like when you go to Mount Fuji, now, Munsusan is not appealing oh, to me. Yeah. When you go to Everest, then Fuji's not good. Yeah. You're all, if you're always looking for bigger, better, and to be better than the last, you're not going to find it. So but you see, have to appreciate I the other things. I don't compare like that. Yeah. I kind of take the country for what they are on their own. So for me, the, the only reason I think Albania wasn't for me was it was a clean country, very hospitable, but I felt I didn't feel the warmth from the people like I did yeah. in other other countries mm. that we've gone to yeah. again maybe i was in the wrong area i was more in the north but like i said out of all the countries albania didn't rub me the right way mm. yeah yeah greece again greece we we did the south 
We did the islands a couple of years ago, and now we did the north. I didn't like the north. Hmm. I prefer the south. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think even east, west, Canada, states. Very different. Italy, yeah. north and south. Absolutely. I, I mean, I India, very different north very and south. Very different. So maybe it's the same thing. So yeah. I'm not going to rule out Albania, but at least I'll know that I need to go south. Right. Um, so it was cool. The reason why we chose Croatia, because we always have a theme. Uh, my husband and I were big Game of Thrones fans. Shocker. Uh, so we wanted to see the filmings, the the hype, you know, the little towns and whatever. The what is it? The uh, not mythical. What are they like? That old kind of vibe. And medieval. we loved the medieval. Mm. Yeah, we loved it. And then of course my son's a Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. And he found locations where Star Wars is also filmed in Interesting. So everybody was in they Cloud Nine. Cool. Yeah. And my daughter just loves boats, and we rented boats, and she loves, like, jumping off cliffs and things like this. Lots so of it was, over there. It was good for everybody. And when we went to Kosovo, actually, it was it was coincidence. Um, there was a Nikola Tesla museum there. Now, he's not from Kosovo, but mm. he his whoever he gave his things to, I think his nephew or somebody, he donated the stuff to Kosovo. And it was his huh. birthday the day we went oh, to, wow. Bonus. to the museum. And my son got interviewed on the Kosovo <laughs> news. Oh, or whatever. wow. Like, what an oh, experience. Where are you from? And he's like, yeah, that's a difficult yeah. difficult one to answer. So they wanted to know more because he's, you know, from Korea, but he's not Korean. And yeah. yeah. So it was cool, really man. cool to experience all of those uh, different paths as we went mm. by. I think one of the pictures that stands out, I might be wrong, but were they at a, a national game for the Georgian football team or something? Yes, we were at that looked the like, Euros. If you can say, that, like, my mom's Georgian, and so I'm kind of Georgian, and I feel... But it just looked like, again, one of those crazy football football atmospheres. It's, so and I to did, be among the... Yeah. All, and we... I don't know if we, I think college sports in the States has some of that kind of like yes. cultish following. Yes. NFL, I mean, you're, it's just beer drinking, but yeah. it's not cultish like college sports is. That's what I can relate it to. But man, from and being in Ghana, sports. that's like your life is your football team. Yeah. But to watch them in those videos and those rallies, that was like, that's a European Whoa. thing. Yeah? It's a, it, uh, I think it's a worldwide thing. Soccer in in Africa, football thing. is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was Euros. South America. I mean, yeah. Oh, South yeah, America yeah, yeah. is crazy too. So it was Euros. And because we were the host, we automatically qualified for whatever rounds. And I didn't even know this, but we were in Georgia <laughs> during that time. Complete coincidence. Beautiful. Wow. My son saw this and he's like, Planets oh, aligning. we have to go. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> nice. So I'm like, sure. So, okay, Georgia's the city I'm from is the capital, but somehow everybody knows everybody. Luckily for my son, my mom knew a man whose son was in charge of the fan section of the Georgian. Oh my god! Oh, wow. So he actually ditched me and my seat that <laughs> See I later, yeah. fought for, and he went straight to the fan section and he hung out. I think we went to four games. Uh, wow. With them, like in that craziness and whatever mm. they do and chanting. Wow. And so, yeah, he really enjoyed it. And my daughter, my mom and I, we were in the regular folk seating. Cool. One one picture that stuck out to me was, uh, it looks like you're in a backyard just eating dinner with the 
with the family. Okay. Yeah. Those when when I talk to uh, Serbian, there's lots of Serbian and Croatian immigrants. And when they talked about the old country, this seemed like a very deep part of the culture. Just mm-hmm. kind of outside, maybe you have an outside kitchen mm-hmm. or you're cooking outside, sitting down with family. Is that true in, in yeah. Georgia as well? So um, some of my my family members are still in the villages. That's mm. where they grew up. That's where they're settled. They work there and everything. Mm. So we like to visit them, mm. uh, especially my kids, because I want them to see and understand that not everybody lives in a first world. Yeah. Not that they're... <clears throat> lacking maybe they're lacking because they're like oh they don't have what we have mm. but they're okay with what they That's have just different yeah. Yeah, yeah so for example for the longest time they didn't have uh indoor plumbing for bathroom inside their house mm. they always had an outhouse yeah so every time we went my my kids would say oh man god damn it that makes you appreciate that. the bathroom more. no yeah. no, that's, no that's bidet <laughs> yeah no bidet yeah. right that's another story yeah. and then uh or like for example like water heating they have to heat their water hours before they know that they have to shower yeah. because it's not instant like the way we have it here <laughs> or um or like gas, for example, they have to start the wood fire or whatever fire just yeah. to get the food going because they don't have, okay, just yeah. electric or whatever like yeah. we do here. So I kind of like that. And then on top of that, I'm like, okay, I don't want to sit inside. I want to sit in the yard. You have a Ooh. yard. We don't have a yard here. Uh, where we like to be outside in the nature. Let's set everything up, you know, outside. And they have the means. They have the tables. They have the chairs. Maybe they're not the most comfortable, but who cares? It looks beautiful. It's so nice. Beautiful. But it's the nice deal. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, there's many ways to be happy. Exactly. And when I reflect, when I reflect on my time in Africa, part of the ignorance is bliss. They don't know what now with the internet and smartphones. They do know. But when I was there 20 years ago. Nobody, nobody knew what they were missing, and mm-hmm. they were, in my opinion, way happier than people in Canada. Say, yeah, what are they who missing? Had the... Everything, every day, all the time, and that comfort crisis, even that that lot far back. But you know, they had minimal. They didn't have a lot of possession stuff, but they had community. They had mm-hmm. family. They had friends. They had, you know, they had life, and and they appreciate that. And that was very apparent in just day to day life. We're at home. You know, it's hard to get a hello now and, you know, just put your head down and motor into work and hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Uh, it's just a different way, but contentness can come in many different forms. And I say, same reason for us for traveling is, you know, these people are happy. They're very different than us. Absolutely. But they're happy. Yeah. And and that means, you know, we should appreciate what we have. And if, if you prefer something else when you're old enough, you can move to one of these places. Exactly. If you don't like but cold winters, if you don't like yeah. this, but yeah. it's important to get a perspective. Yeah. So one of the days we had one of the dinners outside somewhere and um, my kids were like, oh, can we go get some fruit? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Tree's There's right a tree there. right there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, and in the beginning, uh, when they were smaller, it was more like, like a not a joke but it was like something to spend time i'm like no no this is what they do when they want fruit like they have to go and like seriously get it and pick it yeah and so this year we were in a good timing where uh hazelnut trees were blooming and ready to get picked so i had my son come with me and my daughter and we were picking hazelnut trees beautiful um a lot of people don't realize how much work that is 
um, because some of the part, depending on what kind of tree it is, they have little tiny thorns on them. Oh, wonderful. And sometimes bugs like to go inside the peels. Uh I don't know if you've seen a hazelnut the way it is. It's the shell and then it comes into like a little... Uh, leafy, like a covering. Yeah. So you have to peel that off. I eat hazelnuts exclusively mixed with cocoa powder in Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a- so before it gets to all that goodness. Um, so then I, so they picked it for me and mm. I said to my daughter, I said, okay, now we're going to crack them. And she's like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. She's like, they're not cracked already. I was like, no, we got to crack them. Yeah. So, she didn't like the the method of cracking. I said, well, you guys use those two the, metal The two metal things, things but yeah. it's a lot of work because you really have to line it up. If not, you could, you know, get your finger in Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. So I said, you know, when I was small, I just had a little rock and I would sit on the floor and I would just chop, 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 chop yeah. and then peel it. That's what we did for like three hours. Yeah. And out of three <laughs> hours, I think maybe Six. we got a bowl full. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, that's it. Yeah. That's what she got. We had New appreciation for Nutella Savage. She goes, that's it? I said, now you know why hazelnuts are so expensive yeah. in the stores. Yeah. Because this is this has to be done. Sure. That's, so, that's similar to what my guys sell in, in Central Asia there. And the walnuts, the yeah, almonds. Yeah, the all walnuts are And they're like, huh? Yeah. And even pineapple. Pineapples grow from the ground? Yeah. Huh? And I remember the first time seeing it in Ghana and going, Whoa! I I didn't I didn't know yeah, if there I was pineapple know, yeah. trees or pineapple bushes. Yeah. I don't know, but then you go, whoa! Now it makes sense. I mean, that's a wow! That's awesome. But the place we were staying at in Samarkand, he had uh, grapevines, oh, and every yeah. morning for the whatever breakfast or whatever it was like a guest house kind of place, and uh, he'd bring he'd go and pick the grapes. And then my daughter said, "Can we help pick the grapes?" Um, but all those things. And when we were up in the lake in Kyrgyzstan. And they went to pick up the cow poop mm-hmm. to burn in the fire that night and stuff. And going, yeah, now you're learning. It's not just turn the heat on. You got to go fetch the cow poop, right. dry it out, burn it tonight, go milk the cow so mm-hmm. we can make porridge for breakfast. And they were involved in the, the chores all the kids were doing. And yeah, such a great, great learning it's, experience. It's a really nice experience. And that's why, like I said before, we don't like to stay in the five-star hotels. I want to be yeah. where the locals are. Sure. I want to see what they do. I want my kids to see what they do. I want them to understand that just because you have the the means to go to a five-star restaurant, you don't have to because then you're not going to see what the culture is all about. Yeah. You always see these nice houses. Give me the greasy nice... spoon. With yeah. The... <laughs> you need to be there and you have to be doing what they're doing and to, to, yeah. to really say, I've experienced the culture. How do they adapt to the food? Oh, they're fine. We are big uh, probiotic people. Um, since they were small, especially coming to Asia, it's a different cuisine. Yep. And I know, you know, they're not used yeah. to it, fermented. So since they were small, I always gave them vitamins and probiotics and mm. fish oil. That's our, you know, go-to stuff. Yeah. Even today, every morning, every evening, they need to take their stuff. Nice. But I mean, are they pretty adventurous? Like when you go to different yes. countries? Or they will like, try everything. That looks wild and crazy. Let's try it. Or My daughter's more out there, so she will... She will try more. Oh, my son's more mm, conservative. And yeah, the, uh, um, my daughter loves live um, octopus. octopus. Yeah, my son. I still haven't tried that. I have. I still haven't. I tried once. It wasn't for me. Yeah. Or like those larva bugs that oh, they boil. Good, huh? I tried it. I ate it. Yeah, I, I was like, I tried it. Yeah, for I'm a 
wild food. Give me a can of bugs. Entertainer. Kind of <laughs> yeah, but well, that was it came from being in Africa and just like appreciating yeah. that they yeah. don't have the options we have. Like they eat to That's survive. Right. For us, it's like a hobby. It's a sport. How to make this more delicious? How to add and how to mix? There, it's like cook and eat to fill your stomach till tomorrow and that's it mm-hmm. and they eat big balls of pizza dough like cassava yam plantain mm-hmm. and it's just eat a ball of dough with a little bit of soup and that's it you're happy till tomorrow and eat the same thing again and again and again um but i like for me it's more kind of like the memories and the the experience of eating something wild or crazy you remember like oh chocolate covered scorpions was kosan road in bangkok and uh, <laughs> yeah. snake's blood was you know here and you, mm-hmm. you kind of attach those memories to all those things yeah my kids are like that but my my daughter is more adventurous than my son Ah, cool if you mention bosnia albania kosovo uh even georgia to most people in the west there's probably some apprehension some why would you go there i mean if they didn't know you were from there or Mm -hmm. um if the kid said at school you know we're going to bosnia montenegro Mm -hmm. Why don't you just go to like Italy or France or something? Um, What is, is it just completely normal for you or or like for Steve, if he hadn't, or the first time he went, was he, did he have that apprehension or in terms of, uh, it's more unknown. Mm -hmm. It's not as commonly known to the regular To to go to these places. Right. Um, for Steve, I don't think so. For me, definitely, I wasn't phased by it because right. they were all Soviet Union, right? Yeah. So we were all one. Um, what What was actually interesting, not so much of those countries, but when we went to Qatar for the World Cup, we had a chance to go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, because we had the access to Qatar, we didn't have to get um, visa for right. Saudi Arabia. And so we're like, oh, for visa, we're going to go. We got 10 yeah. days before the next game. Sure. And so here I am coming from Brooklyn, New York after 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, not that, I don't want to say I was, I didn't think I was that person until I got there. So, <laughs> so in my mind. Right. I mean, that's, um, that's how it works. In anybody that's Saudi or Qatari or Middle Eastern, you have some sort of a vision in your mind. Well, right? uh, I, yeah, I don't think you should beat yourself up over that. When you look, no, at, the, I, I'm when not. You look at the news, but it's that's also, all it preaches. That's what uh, pissed me off. So yeah. as a child, yeah. I, I grew up with them because, yeah. I mean, Brooklyn is like versatile. Sure. Everybody's there. It's like a small sure. world in there. But you never think about it until you actually have to travel to their country. Mm. So not that I was afraid. I really was not, uh, especially after having friends here. Mm. Um, but when I got there... It's not what I expected. Hmm. Not in a bad way or a good way. It's just it wasn't what I expected. And when I started talking to these local people, there are normal people with normal values, with like normal outlook on life, just like I do. But then the media, what it does to to make you have this vision of them is absolutely horrible. And what pissed me off was I was actually, I had this image because of them. Yeah. And I kept telling my husband, shame on those people mm. who portray that culture like that. Yeah. Because they're completely opposite sure. of what they are. But Especially when you talk to them. They're not stuck-up people just because, you know, it's oil-rich country. Mm. They are hardworking, regular people. But more reason to, for me, to keep traveling, keep seeing, to dispel the myths of Absolutely. all the bullshit at home. Because, yeah. I mean, 
Nigeria and I, I was in a lot of crazy countries in Africa and they were like, well, you're crazy. Why would you go there? And, you know, AIDS. I mean, yeah. I was there 2003 or whatever. And it was, you're going to get AIDS. You're gonna... People here don't even know what AIDS are. They just, they just know how to say that. They yeah. don't know anything about it. Um, and that most of the AIDS transmissions are from uh, people getting malaria that need blood transfusions. And they just think drugs and sex and mm-hmm. homosexual. No, you guys have, there's no idea. Terrible. And, and that's what I, the biggest part probably for me to give my kids is the education that we are all one and this Israel Hamas thing is horrible, but it's, it's this whole media thing. And I don't trust, I don't trust any of them. And it's, you, you really have to go, even when they say like travel advisor, you have to, you have to, you have to see with your own eyes because you can't believe any of that shit. They nothing, put on TV. nothing. I'm going to tell you a perfect story. Two weeks before I went to Spain, monkey virus. Oh, God. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> oh God. That was right after COVID. It was right after COVID. I, I refuse to click on anything to, yeah. so I don't get more. I'm like, yeah. I'm not getting into this one. I was one. like, what the hell is a monkey virus? <laughs> yeah. So I clicked because it said something Spain. So I called my friend. I said, do you want to hear a funniest story? Mm. I, I said, I was going monkey through pox. my stuff and I heard about this monkey thing coming to Spain. <laughs> and she was in Spain. I was going to go see her. I said, have you heard about this? She started laughing. Oh, yeah. She goes, if there was something, anything in this world, somebody else that you know, because we've known so many people, mm. would tell you about it. Uh. So imagine when I didn't tell you what this monkey thing was. She goes, do you know how it even started? <laughs> I said, no, I don't know. I don't oh, want to no. know. I just want to know if it's there. She goes, no. Oh. It was like one case. Somebody traveled somewhere, did something stupid, and the whole country of Spain is infected with yeah. a monkey virus. But so, I mean, I was talking to buddies is. in China during Corona, and they're like, "Dude, I'm still playing hockey." And I, I, some places are, are they do have lockdowns and stuff. There's no question, but it's not. It, they don't know what you're seeing. But they're like, "It's probably not what you're looking at." Exactly. Everybody locked, looking out this window exactly. when they can escape. And it's it's just it's, more incentive for me to go and see it with my own eyes and yeah. to experience in the in the Muslim countries in Sub-Saharan Africa, especially. Yes. And uh, I was like. Man, these are some of my favorite people I've yeah, ever they're met. Normal, yeah. And they just get all painted with this one brush and, and it's just it's yeah. awful, awful, awful. So that's what actually pissed me off about how manipulated I was by the news media about, you know, those countries, those people. And you talk to them and there are absolutely nothing like that. Like uh, nothing like that. It it was just amazing. That's so, every country I've been to, you realize after leaving, like, oh, they're the same as me. Oh, they're yeah. the same as me. We're all just normal people. It, <laughs> they're exactly the same as me. Yes, yeah. they grew up and, in a different part of the world. They believe in different things, but they're the exact same people. Except, another, except people from Thunder Bay. They're a little bit different. <laughs> huh? Another example was when we told people we were going to Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan. They're like, Why? Afghanistan and ISIS and I was like I didn't say Afghanistan you mm-hmm. you did that yeah I, I probably wouldn't you, you respect me because I, I you know me and stuff but you think I'm going to bring my kids and wife to yeah. an ISIS like come on guys don't no. don't jump to conclusions I mean and then you know what you come back with all these amazing stories and pictures and now I want to go I want to go I want to go and I was yeah. like way cheaper than going home way more fun than going home way more interesting and oh I, I should go I should go like, but Two months ago, you're telling me, oh, yeah. Nate, Nate uh, are you sure? Yeah. Oh, your kids, oh, you're crazy. But you don't know anything about these places. You don't think I did any research? Yeah. I uh, it, it, Those things really bother me when I say, yeah. hey, you got to, 
you got to come and see it. You got to go. And even for Korea, well, North Korea is right there. Well, yeah. come. I've been here for Why 20 years. Like, come on. You think I'm always living under the threat? Come yeah. and see. Come on. A couple on. of years ago, right, when it was getting w- w- tensions or whatever, and my mom would call me every morning. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Nothing. Don't <laughs> lose no, completely. Like, fight. no one's even <laughs> talking yeah. about North Korea yeah. except for you guys. Yeah, yeah they have way have more. No, they have yeah, way more stuff than we do. You have more information than um, five minutes from them. <laughs> I, someone sent me a video one time of, like, what was on CNN. It was, like, oh. red alert. Like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. You'd yeah, think yeah, they, yeah. like... The world was coming. We're, to we're end. done. Yeah. yeah. But everything's fine. What? Yeah. Uh, uh, what was I going to ask? Uh, maybe in terms of safety and stuff. Do you take any extra precautions having the kids with you? Um, not. Not. I don't mean terrorism or crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, another example of what we were just talking about: malaria. I've had malaria five times. But in Canada, it's not just the media. It's the whole medical system. Mm-hmm. They're prescribing me fifteen dollars a pill of mefloquine once a week. I get to Ghana and they're like, oh, just sell that shit on the, to the next uh, Peace Corps guys. You, you don't need that. When you get it, you just go there. They'll give you two pills. It costs 10 mm-hmm. cents and you're done. I was like, well, why did they implant this fear in me that I was going to die from malaria before I could left? But they've yeah. never, But they've never even seen malaria, the guys mm-hmm. prescribing it. Someone told them, this is what you do. You're a tropical medicine guy. I've had malaria five times. Once was pretty serious. But I, I, again, like... Oh, I can't go. They have crazy diseases. Go. Go and find out. Um, so in terms of that stuff, do you take any extra precautions or, or anything for the because you have kids? Or to, um, to add on to that, maybe you guys travel so much. Can you include maybe some information about travel insurance that you guys go with? Uh, so we never have travel insurance. <sighs> oh, interesting. I... I bought it last time, and when you don't use it, you're like, "Damn it! That wish it broke my leg or no, something." Wait, I have never, I've never bought it. Part of part of my comfort in developing countries or less developed countries is that they always have like expat hospitals or a French hospital or a British hospital or something, mm-hmm. and even paying cash is going to be cheaper than your insurance will be for in a lot of cases. I mean, if you end up paralyzed or something, you you're up a creek without a paddle but if it's a basic broken arm or, or something mm-hmm. you and pd dislocated his shoulder and yeah. <laughs> we rode it on the back of a motorcycle stayed overnight all the nurses speak french and cambodian or where we were and they're like okay 52 dollars and i'm like yeah. come on what what like where's the rest of the bill <laughs> okay sure yeah wow. yeah we i all these years i've never i i've never even looked into it i don't even know what it covers Oh my god! <laughs> I, I honestly, not, I not even on flights, going, not yeah. even on anything. I never do for the flights. Never, ever. But last, just before going back home, I was like, "Man, we're gonna be in the states. If something happens, I'm screwed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely nothing. Yeah. Never, ever. I've never so. ever used it, but I've I've forked out for the last three three vacations. I think yeah, I did. It, it's a, whatever. It's yeah, four or five hundred bucks. But yeah, I've never done it. But as far as safety, so. Again, we here in Korea, we live in a very safe country, sure. very city, uh, almost no drug problems or crazies like back in the States. <laughs> but when we started going back every summer and I knew we were going to be in parks and beaches and yes, you know, sometimes you get, you know, a little relaxed because you're coming from a culture here yeah. and you could like leave your kid literally in the street and <laughs> yeah. no one, nothing's going to happen to Or them. your computer or... Or anything, right? <laughs> so when when the first summer we went back and then my husband knows this, my kids knew this, 
I had the talk in the car mm. before we got to the airport. And I would I would be straightforward. I'm very direct. I'm like, listen, kids, we're going to the jungle. <laughs> Those people out there that we don't know, they're going to get you. I don't know how they're going to get you. They could kidnap you. They could um, give you a candy, a dog to play with. They're going to use everything. And I mm. give them all the examples. Mm. And I did it for so many years. I... I I should have just recorded and press play. My husband goes, you're making me scared. <laughs> Good. This yeah. is what I want my kids to know that's one. out there. Yeah. Because if I don't tell them, this could happen to them and they're sure. not going to know what to do. Sure. You don't, so, yeah. yeah. So we have uh, we have our system, what to do in case. We, we know, you know, what could happen, what not to happen. And then as they got older, I just let them watch CSI. So they really know what's oh, going on. Not CSI. On. You got to put on uh, Taken. <laughs> Everything. By, uh, yes, we but... watch that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, so six every, left turns. Yeah, every time we travel, the talk is, is more uh, serious now, maybe not so scary. But I tell them, I'm like, listen, uh, different countries look for different things sure. in different people. It yeah. could be pickpocketing. It could be um, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Kidney transit. Whatever it is, you have to be extra cautious. You need to sure. have eyes and ears behind your head yeah. and always, always trust your gut instinct. Yes. If you think that street is a little shady, take the other one. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. I've had lots of those. I think both streets are shady. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. go faster. Because, okay. Clench, clench your ass and Coming from go. New York, yeah. okay, I, like I said, I did Taekwondo all my life. I'm very confident if, God forbid, something did yeah. happen. Taekwondo gun. Yeah. Anything, anything. I'm very <laughs> confident. But these kids that are growing up in such a smooth you know, like Pleasantville country, oh, yeah. they don't know what to do. Sure. Like, in New York, if somebody, like, bumps you in the shoulder just because you're crossing paths and there's thousands of people around you, my hands automatically go up yeah, yeah. because I'm ready. Not because I'm looking for a fight. It's just an instinct. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what you do. But other people just walk by. Yeah, yeah. You know? Sure. Or, like, it's dark outside. We had keys. We didn't have passwords. I had all my keys in my hand yeah. because if I need to, I'm going to One sticking out between your finger. Yeah. Exactly. Or I always turn around when I walk. And in the beginning, my kids would say, Mom, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm checking if somebody's following me. Yeah. Situational awareness. Yeah. yeah. It's just a habit because this is what I had to deal with and that's what this is how we survived. But it's a good York. default setting to have. Yeah, That's, so you don't you don't want to be oh shit I got robbed again right? someone's yeah, like again. someone pickpocketed me like yes. I know don't leave your backpack on your back yeah. put it on the front or little things like that I was so. really paranoid about getting pickpocketed in uh, in New York so I had like a little what do you call cross bag <laughs> yeah. under my sweater <laughs> or under under my shirt you, as I, I do walk. it all the time and yeah. I'm from New York yeah. I, because I know it happens yeah. especially on the trains you sure. know people bumping into you yeah. or whatever absolutely yeah. you need to know what to do. So I do warn them verbally and I tell them, remember the movie we saw, remember this, remember this. Yeah, yeah. You have to constantly yeah. remind them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's better to, to go a little hard in the paint oh, and, yeah. and make rather, them a little more scared than a little less lax. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I like it. Is uh, there, are there any traits, influences, uh, things you think that you take with you from uh, coming from Georgia, eight years—it's kind of long enough to have some some stuff instilled in you. But 
maybe your time in New York has overrode that? Or is there um, anything you go like, ah, this is because I'm Georgian. Ah, this is because where oh, I'm from. Absolutely. Yeah. For the longest time, and millions of people I've met could tell you, every time I do something that's out of the ordinary, I say, it's a Georgian thing. <laughs> like, that's my excuse. And it's so funny because Amazon has a notebook that says it's a Georgian thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. Very nice. They probably heard me. But yes. Um, so even though I was so young when I went to America, my when, family, when did you when did you go? I eight. was eight. What year? To 1992. So right after the fall right of the Soviet after Union. The, yeah, that was uh, a part of the reason why we left. And so um, when my parents were there, our home was very much a Georgian culture family. We spoke only Georgian in the house. Um, we cooked Georgian food. And then slowly when my uh, other family members were migrating over, it was like we had our own Georgian community. So we kept the traditions. We kept the little okay. things. Uh, so we're not Catholic. We're Orthodox Christian. So we kept our traditional uh, holidays mm. and, you know, rituals or whatever they were. So we always had that. And now, now that I have my kids, we celebrate everything twice. So we have two Christmases, nice. we have two New Year's, we yeah, have awesome. two Easter's, and like little holidays here and there, name days, and things like that. And Chusok and Sola. And... Yeah, then, yeah, then we <laughs> adapt to everything else. We You're going to be off for the whole year pretty soon. When you're in Rome, yeah. It's 20. You got to adapt. So, 27 yes. plus two Christmases plus yeah. two. That's what it is. Hey, we got the formula now. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. I definitely take some of those Georgian stuff and um, we I utilize it. Sometimes I take advantage of it. But, yeah. As you should. And what about... Yeah. What about the New York uh, roots or values? Oh, yeah. Do you know how loud we are when Someone we Someone bumps out? your shoulder, f- oh, fists forget, up. Eh. Forget it. Get it's, those bows up. Forget about it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But I, so when, um, since I can't work here in Korea, I volunteer a lot. And in the beginning, when my kids were smaller in HFS, I volunteered to teach them Taekwondo. Nice. So I got my kids to be right before black belt. Mm. And so... Like, again, I instilled those uh, things in me that I took from yeah, growing up in yeah. Brooklyn, things that you need to know. I'm like, okay, kids, we're, we live in a very peaceful, you know, country here. Yeah. But there's a, there's that one guy that's going to be like, mm, I'm going to mess with you. Yeah. I said, but I always told the kids this all the time when I told them, even when they were small, do not start a fight. Mm. But and it's a big but. You can finish one. You better finish it. <laughs> yeah. So it, and a lot of parents, they're like, oh, you know, like, um, don't. You, why do you encourage violence? I'm like, I'm not. I'm telling you to defend yourself. Yeah. yeah. I didn't tell you to take the first shot, but if someone's gonna take the first shot, he ain't gonna get the second one. Yeah. 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 So. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so I instill those things. Georgian, Brooklyn, whatever. It's a good mix. I make up some Italian ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to. You have to. I would I would love to chat for three more hours about the Soviet Union and 9-11 oh. and all these things. But do you do you feel that I mean having having been through so many different and, and unique situations, um, maybe what are some of the things that you you take away or that you cherish i mean from the olympics and the world cup to the soviet union to 911 and, and i mean just so many ups and downs and and highs and lows uh, is it resilience is it what is you know carpe diem or, or maybe what is your motto or how how do these things impact the way you live 
I don't know. So I am, I don't want to say I'm fearless, but when I was um, 16, I went skydiving. Jesus. And for me, that was, I don't know, that was like an experience where I jumped out of a perfectly fine working <laughs> airplane. airplane yeah. At 16, um, so let me backtrack. When I got to New York, I was eight, and I had already known English. So when I got tested to see what grade to go into, I kept getting skipped. So I skipped three grades uh, between elementary and middle school. So I graduated high school in New York when I was 15 because my birthday is in October. Wow. So going into college, I was pretty, I was very young. Yeah. But because I've always had friends who are older than me, I wasn't. Doing stuff that they were doing. Yeah, like I wasn't doing that, but even my mind wasn't. You know that age. I was always mature. I was always older. Yep. So so when I went skydiving at sixteen, and I'm jumping off this airplane and I'm free falling for fifty two seconds. Oh. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know. And Living then when life. I yeah, and then when I landed, and I was kind of disappointed because I'm like, I will not be afraid of anything. Yeah. And I remember that specific <laughs> moment. I'm uh, like, there is nothing that's going to scare me now because I just willingly jumped out of an airplane. Yeah. You know, like some people have to do it because they're in the military. But I did it because I just felt like jumping out of yeah. an airplane, you know, like oh on a Sunday gosh. morning. So, so since then, I felt that not only can I do anything, I can do anything. Then I had Taekwondo already under my under my belt. So I had that kind of confidence in me. Mm-hmm. And then I had my family support, always supported everything I did. I got a job when I was 13 because I wanted a Jordan outfit and my parents couldn't afford it. Yeah. Granted, of course <laughs> not. It's like $200 a pop. Sure. So I was like, so can I get a job? And my mom said, I guess so. Like, I don't know. Sure. Can 13-year-olds get a job? Yeah. It was new to her too. I was like, if I get a job, can I get a job? And so I got a job and I got myself a whole outfit and my cousin. <laughs> Beautiful. And so so imagine when you could do all those things so young at a young age your parents are supporting you. I had an amazing group of friends, older ones, who always encouraged. I was like, I am fearless. I can do anything sure. I want. And I grew up thinking like that. And I was always like, well, I don't care what you think about me as long as I think I'm doing okay. Best like, way. I'll take whatever you have to tell me, but it's not going to impact or sure. change my mind or make me feel yeah. down or whatever. I just didn't care. Secure in your own Yeah, I was very body. secure. And so I... I brainwash my kids with this. Like, if you ask my daughter right now, she'll probably tell you. If I tell her, like, oh, I do not like what you're wearing. She's like, well, good thing you're not wearing it. That's her nice. answer. Beautiful. Or like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care. They you mark know? that up to an eight for the yeah. next report card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I'm, I'm so into, like, it doesn't matter what other people think as long as you're, you're okay with yeah. it, you know? Sure. 
Or like, don't let there, isn't there some lines though? I, probably. My but daughter to tell me these belly button shirts is I'm like, you're seven and nine, no belly button shirts. In we here. went through that. So <laughs> I told her, I said, there is a time and place for everything, right. but just not at that age. Yeah. And then I guess she, okay, the kids don't really understand, but if you tell them long enough, they kind of process that. Yeah. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a psychology major. Yeah, so, nice. so I'm like, so I instill all this into them, and maybe there's some, you know, like stubbornness from Georgian and toughness from Brooklyn growing up in Brooklyn because it was tough you know I was yeah. a girl I was an immigrant girl sure. growing up into a public school where I had to walk through you know metal detectors every day yes. where am I going you wow. know yeah. so you had to build this tough skin and I liked it so I want my kids to have tough sure. skin and I'm pretty sure they have tough skin like, Nicholas says I'm going skydiving tomorrow Go. Awesome. Or? I'll take you. Oh, nice. Yeah, for, like for sure. Deadly. And so I, I like to, I like to bring up whatever I went through and instill them to my kids. At mm. the same time, like show them. Yes, there are poor children. You know, when we were in Philippines, there were little girls selling bracelets. And she's like, Mom, why are they selling bracelets? Why are they in school? They, want to like, eat they dinner, know they're yeah. on vacation. I'm like, because they can't go to school. They need to support their family. I'm like. I'm straight up with them. I'm not hiding it. Mm. I wanted. I want them to know yeah. this is reality, and yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it just because we live in you know this utopia country. Yeah. That's what I like. Like when I hear about white privilege or privilege and all these different privilege privilege, but to understand your privilege, to know it, and that's yes. what I like my kids to know is that they're so lucky to be in a safe, peaceful country, and Dad's country is also safe and peaceful and we have the means to do some of these trips and they're so lucky um but to understand your privilege and to do something good with it yeah that's why i tell my son all the time volunteer you never know who you're gonna meet you never know what you're gonna study you never know what you're gonna learn from somebody or something a situation when he was in eighth grade he volunteered in soup kitchen in busan Mm. i didn't know it was a thing the school took him and then he loved it he would go and volunteer all the time or like like little things like that, you know? Yeah. Like you you never know what you're going to do until you do it. Yes, it may be scary at first to do these little things, but try it. Sure. You don't got to like, do it again if like you Like we said like before, it. the the narrative, the media... Uh, that portrays... Show, oh, my Shows gosh. you and yeah. like all, all one of the biggest things I took away from all my traveling is that you can learn something from everybody. Absolutely. Don't shun anybody. Don't turn anyone away. Even even if it's the serial killer in the jail, you're going to do the talks to the windows for whatever. You can learn from everybody something. And from most people, a lot more than something. Absolutely. And that we shouldn't discount anybody just because of their background, skin color, religion. They'll teach you more than you know you ever learned in school. Absolutely. In, in one conversation. And Absolutely. I think that's or really just important. walking through the streets mm-hmm. of yeah. like, you know, Bosnia or like Kosovo, they yeah. went through so many wars yeah. and they survived, yeah. you know, like, so talk to these people, yeah. see what they went through, what they experienced. And then your kids are old enough that when they come home, if something piques their interest, they can look it up. And with the internet now, you're like, what kind of wars? Why don't you? Holy shit. That's mm-hmm. wow. And you know, that's what I like out of traveling. Mm-hmm. I go somewhere, I learn something and I'm like, I want to know more. Mm-hmm. If you introduced it to me in high school, grade 12, I'd be like, man, I'm not so interested in that. But coming to Korea, I want to know everything about North Korea. Well, that's yeah. because Herman, I live here and it's part of my life. Yeah. Herman yeah. Hesse's Siddhartha. That's the, I think, the big takeaway from the book is that you can it, experience is the best teacher. It's the only way to, to really only. learn anything. Yeah. yeah. So this summer, the coming up summer, uh, we were talking and we're like, so where are we going next summer with the families? 
And uh, my son, I think it was last year, learned about World War II. Hmm. Oh, very just skimming through it. And he's like, let's go to Germany. You know, I would love to see like Berlin and sure. you know whatever yeah. the areas, the concentration camps and stuff mm. like that. So we're thinking about Germany next That's year. A, that'd be a heck of a yeah. Heck of a and you might just stay there until Oktoberfest or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Oktoberfest is like six weeks days later. Days yeah, stayed well. six weeks of twenty seven days. Surprisingly, right? <laughs> Germany's hosting the next Euros there. Oh. Wow, shocker! Right? Oh. I was like, you sure it's not the Euros you want to go see and not yeah. the Berlin? Yeah. But, yeah. Awesome, man. Okay, I'm. Uh, I've drank almost this two liter bottle of water here. <laughs> I, get, I, I don't get, think Nate's. You got the catheter over yeah, there. You gotta, wanna, you gotta hook me up. Want to move to Dongu and have intellectual conversations? Yeah. No. Thank, thanks a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I mean, we, again, we as can go I, on for a long time. As I said before, man, you've come to so many events. That I've seen you and your and your family so many times. So nice to sit down and and, uh, and hear the background story and yes, thank and you whatnot. for inviting. That's awesome. I think there's lots of takeaways from this that uh, that the viewers can I can hope uh, so. can enjoy and cherish. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you for coming, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>